No. Ethan's now old. Ethan's like an aged man. What? Yeah. He's... The only movies I watch are Michael Moore documentaries. (laughs) 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 Weren't there like two this year? Or was there only one? (laughs) The Mule is my favorite movie of the year. Let's actually... Did you see The Mule? The Mule might be... Like, just the most boring movie I've ever sat through. I was sitting there, and I was like... <laughs> uh, you, you missed Silence last year, I did year, miss Silence you? last year. I own two versions of it. I just... Oh, God. Uh, but the mule sucks. It's not even good. Hey, what the fuck is up, people? Clint we're doing, Eastwood we're doing has a three-way. Our top 15. This, like, 90-year-old dude has it's a three-way. Our... Oh, sorry. Hello? I thought... <laughs> um, it's our finest 15. We're talking about all the all the big dang old movies we done saw. Last year. In 2018? Yeah. And a couple that were in the first days of January. Yeah. Of 2019. But shh, I'll never tell. (laughs) (laughs) Recorded from deep within the great lakes of the internet live. Two men buried under bad movies and popcorn try their best to survive. How long could that possibly last? Find out as you join Ethan and David in this episode of Feature Cast. Just a heads up, there are going to be some, uh, some, some movies that we didn't get a chance to see that you won't see on this list that we wanted to see. Yeah, Should we? Yeah, um, so my list is probably a little bit longer than yours, I'm assuming. So the ones on my list that I did not get a chance to see was Ben is Back, A Private War, At Eternity's Gate, Destroyer, Cold War, Wildlife, uh, if Beale Street could talk, Damsel, Suspiria, I also missed. And then I think the big one that I could probably guarantee would make the list is Burning. Burning, Damn. I was burning to see, dying to see. <laughs> <laughs> I was Destroyer to see Destroyer. <laughs> Dude, I, want, I, I really want to see Destroyer. Me too. No, I'm just saying it, does, it doesn't work. You, you picked the best one to use. Uh, I'll run through my list real yeah, quick. No. We got a couple that are the same. <laughs> it destroyed me not to see Destroyer. Huh? Huh? <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh, we got Burning. We got Cold War. We got If Beale Street Could Talk, Wildlife, uh, At Eternity's Gate, Capernaum, Sisters Brothers, and The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Those are ones that I think could have made a difference on my list. Uh, I managed to get through a lot. How many did you see <laughs> like, this year? for the main... The main chunk, uh, I'm sitting at 126 movies. That does include, before David starts (laughs) bitching, does include some short films and like three stand-up specials. (laughs) How many short films? How many short films? I don't know off the top of my head here. Uh, I know I still saw way over 100 actual features, so I did cross that line. So with with comedy uh, specials and... Shorts taken out. I'm still over 100. That's nice. So, David, don't eat my ass. Well, I <laughs> can't promise. How many movies did you I see, saw David? I 136 full feature-length oh. films, and that's including one stand-up special. Because I was bored. Wow. So, it's really, mm, it's a little less than what you said. That's 135 feature-length films. <laughs> um, one more film that I didn't get a chance to see uh, was Anda, Anda Dune? The, the Bollywood film? I don't know how to pronounce it. 
Oh shit, I never saw 2.0. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I'm missing out. Uh, missing out. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for 2.0? I did see the trailer. That shit looks it wild. It started off like kind of normal, and then it just goes into the cra- into the <laughs> literally the craziest thing you could have experienced. If there's nothing, if the, if you didn't see any movies in 2018, you need to just watch the trailer for 2.0. God, it's that's that's it. That's it, all you it, need. It wasn't it like certified fresh too. I, I think no it had a pretty good proof. review. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> it's a perfect movie. Uh, definitely. Okay, so we are going to be doing a few uh, fun little categories this year, but the first one is going to be the worst five. So the sh- the worst oh movies that you saw this year. Just you, mm-hmm. Ethan, and the person I'm talking to right now. Wait. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and the person you're we talking to We have a new right co-host. Now? Who's in the room with you, David? <laughs> no, that episode that, episode that Thule jumped in... Never oh, came fuck, out, right. David. God damn it. <laughs> Our third host so, is dead. Like, no what, one what, knows. Like seven, eight months ago, we recorded like a five and a half hour episode of just first impressions. That's all it was. And it wasn't good. It See, here's so the thing, long. David. <laughs> I did laundry in the middle it of it. Sucked. I hand washed all my clothes. You, it was super hot. We were sweating the whole time. Every, we, every like three movies, we would open up a window. <laughs> Dude, it was extremely hot. Oh, it's wild. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to do you want to kick it off with your fifth worst film? So my of the fifth year? worst movie of the year is a little gem called Mile Twenty Two. Uh, mm, I did yeah, not see this. It's directed by Peter Berg, and it stars his boy Marky Mark. Uh, and like, I like a lot of Peter the wall, Berg's the films. The Wall Boy. Uh, you got like uh, Patriot's Day and uh, Deepwater Horizon, which were both pretty solid action movies. And ones that also he was teaming up with... With Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg again, yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, awesome. The team's back together. The only... And this one had Iko Uwes, I don't know how to say his last name, from The Raid. So I was like, it's going to be amazing. How? Where did this movie go wrong, huh? Mm. Uh, it's a fucking mess. It is just... It's a clusterfuck of action that doesn't <laughs> stop for like an hour and a half. It's a pretty short movie. Um, and then there's like... A triple twist at the end. Like, they tw- they make a twist, and they twist it again, and they twist it again. And I was just like, it's a mess. It's a big, fat mess with Marky Mark in it. It's just really bad. <laughs> Were there any, like, particular scenes that really stood out as, like, this was awful, or was it just kind of dreadful throughout the whole thing? It was thing? dreadful throughout the entire thing. Like, it, it's it's just really bad action. No peaks, it's, no valleys. It's just shit. Yeah, it's constant. Really, yeah, and the story doesn't make sense it's just really stupid it's convoluted to the most extreme way david when how old were you when you stopped believing in santa claus what do you mean stop believing hmm? like what do you mean <laughs> who else would bring me uh, my presents <laughs> the year i stopped believing in santa claus was 2018 when what I watched Stop believing. the Netflix original <laughs> movie, The Christmas Chronicles, with Kurt Russell. Every Santa movie is just a documentary. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> you telling me Tim Allen isn't Santa Claus? Like, <laughs> I'm come absolutely on. telling you about that. We got that. pretty strict rules with how it works, okay? <laughs> Don't question Tim Allen. <laughs> There's a law in order here. So let's get three big things out of the way. Why didn't you okay. watch The Christmas Chronicles? <laughs> 
let's get three let's get three things out of the way about this movie all right the dialogue is so goddamn bad it's fucking awful okay they have these cgi elves that look <laughs> disgusting really? they look like shaved gremlins oh with w- dressed up in like german lederhosen that sounds pretty awesome it's ooh, Ethan. And the third thing, the third thing, this Santa Claus fucks. All right, <laughs> well, it's Kurt Russell. No shit. <laughs> it's so wild. Uh like there are a couple of things that I couldn't quite wrap my head around in this. There is a musical number um, in jail where Santa does a rock ballad. That happens what? in it. Um, yeah, <laughs> he talks about how he's gonna ditch the sleigh, and then he pulls out these shades, puts them on, these black shades, and he's like, and I'm gonna deliver your presents in a black Cadillac! And I was like, oh, I didn't know his story was born sucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? Uh, the North Star is oh. born. Do you understand? I heard Listen. Said. I, I didn't hear it at first, and then I heard it. <laughs> um, they talk about, like... So, so this kid's real bad, this one kid. And Santa's like, you're going down the wrong path. But, like, what do you... I want you to guess what the bad thing the kid was doing in the beginning of the movie was. This thing that, like, Santa's like, you're going down the wrong path, Heroin. Kid. What do you think he was doing? He- Heroin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Santa shows up. He's like, listen, Timothy Chalamet, you gotta stop oh doing God. it. You gotta cut it out. That'd be a great movie. No, He's stealing cars. Cars? Like real automobiles. He's doing a Grand Theft Auto. What? And Santa's like, you're going down the wrong path. And I'm like, he's carjacking already. The the path is set. He he was murdering somebody. And Santa was like, man, this is a a kind of a big no-no. I'm thinking about giving you... You're gonna want to go down the right path there, buddy. Yeah, all in all, this fucking... This movie... I don't know what the fuck. The elves... Oh my god, they're so gross. Like, I legit, I like, it ruined Christmas. <laughs> I have no spirit. Uh, that sounds like a good time. I was thinking about watching this one, because it came out on Netflix, which I feel like a lot of the movies we're going to be talking about today were, oddly enough, Netflix movies. Some you of know. them good, some bad. Um, it's Honestly, it's Real not even the bag. only one on my worst five that is a Netflix original. <laughs> my number what's, four uh, what's your number four is Pacific Rim Uprising now Pacific Rim th- yeah David we have the really? same number four <laughs> dude this movie <laughs> fucking sucked to like a whole new level it took one of like the funnest movies and made it not enjoyable it give it gave Charlie Day the worst like character arc from the first one like it doesn't even make sense he's been mm-hmm. fucking the yeah. mind fucking the aliens it's, there's so many times that a movie comes out that people are like, it's ruining the original. And I'm like, it's not that bad. You can still watch the original. This one actually 100%. does kind of hurt the original it, it, for me. And that, that really bums me out. I waited so long. I was like, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. And I finally caved in and I was like, I got to see how bad they do it. And it's pretty it's money. very bad. I, I thought, thought it at real the bare minimum, this movie... Can I did bad. not pay for this movie. I thought this movie no would be bad. fucking way. I but I thought it would at least be, like, fun. 
you know, like big robots, you can't really like not be fun. Mm-hmm. This movie is not fun. It's like even like no. In the first one, like they have a like a physical weight to their movements. This one, they're like a feather. They move, they jump, they run. One rolls, they just fucking rolls. But it, but it, they're supposed to be heavy. There's one thing of being like, like having the the agility with it, but it doesn't look like it. It honestly looks like they spent no, no. time on the environment. It's all just like let's just let's make the robot big, and it's just so. And, like, so some of the creature designs I just, thought were, looked cool, but, like, none that were better than the first one, and they the weren't is, used okay, well. This is going to spoil it. Don't worry. The twists... There are... Yeah, don't fucking there, watch the, it anyway, The kaiju y'all. and the Jaegers have, like, combined. Like, that's the big thing. Which makes no sense. Like, it's so stupid. They it's intentionally so stupid. are, like, androids, I guess, at the end. It's fucking <sighs> stupid. This movie blows. He's a fat stack of shit. It kind of sucks. Oh like I, I really want to see John Boyega, like, become a star after Star Wars, and yeah. this isn't this isn't gonna do it. <laughs> uh, what? So what, that was your number four too. That was also my number four. So my number three is a remake, um, and it is Death Wish, starring Bruce Willis, directed by what's his face again? Uh, Eli Roth. Yes. And it fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> like, this is the closest I've been to walking out of a movie. Because it just doesn't make sense. It's just really bad. Like, there was this... Bruce Willis is a doctor. And his wife and his daughter get killed. Or, his wife gets killed. His daughter is in a coma. About to die. And there's a gangbanger who's in the hospital. They put him onto the bed. And out of his pocket falls a gun. And Bruce Willis, in front of the entire... <laughs> Staff just kicks it under the bed and picks it up later. And he just walks out of the hospital and he starts murdering people with it. And then becomes a hero. And it's just so stupid. It just... I've never seen a movie respect its audience less than this movie. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do you know the other Eli Roth movie that came out this year? Uh, The House with the Clocks and its Walls. Which is the worst fucking title of the year, I think. No, yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> um, now what is your number... Three. My number three is also is also a remake. It's the seventy seventh remake uh, of this film. What seventy seven? <laughs> and that that's uh, TV and film adaptations of this story. What the fuck are you talking it's, uh, about? <laughs> what? Do you have any idea what no, it is? I have no idea. <laughs> it's Robin Hood. Oh, is it actually the seven? It's not actually the seventy seventh. It is actually the seventy seventh. Actually. I did some research. Holy shit, that's a waste of time. Um, this movie was so bad that I had to write an email in. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, I got we got a special clip for you guys. This is a podcast exclusive from a different podcast. Uh, here is uh, a clip of my review of Robin Hood that was featured on uh, Kermode and Mayo's film review on BBC Radio 5. Oh. Awesome. Robin Hood is at number eight from Ethan, Minnesota. Robin Hoodie. Uh, I manage a cinema in the United States right. and recently decided to screen the 77th retelling of Robin Hood uh, on TV or film, according to Wikipedia. Is that how many have been 77? Yeah. As part of an ongoing after-hours bad film event with some of the other employees here. And boy, oh boy, did this movie fit the bill. It is remarkably and impressively awful. <laughs> Each new scene is a different rip-off of a different movie. <laughs> 
Every scene in this movie is laughably horrendous. This movie steals from Guy Ritchie and gives out gives us not much more. Outside of Happy Time Murders, this is one of the worst movies I've seen all year. But I have to admit, I loved every awful second of it. Me and my co-workers couldn't stop laughing, but none, but for none of the intended reasons. Somebody. It wasn't me. Somebody said, steals from the Richie and leaves us the poorer. Very good. Yo, this movie blowed. <laughs> um, Why did, uh, it's so, so this, bad. It's yeah. so bad. Here's a couple of things that happen in this movie. Um, there is Ben Mendelsohn uh, talks about how he got raped by a broom. Hot. Hot. For like five minutes. Holy shit. Is that he what? tells the story, not... It's so, it's awful. Uh, you have Jamie Dorian doing uh, a real good uh, Irish medieval Harvey Dent what? character. <laughs> it's fucking, there's one part of this movie where they have, there's a riot and they have these like conventional modern riot shields. Obviously. And there's a line of fire and they just... Push the riot shields in and then move the fire so Ben Mendelsohn can walk past. And it's the dumbest shit I've seen. I don't think that's how it's that works. So bad. I think it works that way. We got we got we got uh they have a modern war sequence in the beginning. Um uh folding ideas called it uh the Hurt Locksley, which is a, a great title for it. Um man, it sucks. Uh yeah, it sounds terrible. It's so bad. I don't know. It's it's like worse Guy Ritchie, and Guy Ritchie made King Arthur Legend of the Sword. I was going to ask you if it was worse than that because those came back, <sighs> those came out back to back years, right? This one, mm-hmm. it did. So this one, Robin Hood, tried to be fun. It wasn't. It was not fun. But King Arthur tried to be serious, and I, I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. This one looked... Man, it sucked. I mean, the entire trailer was like a fucking training montage. Oh, my God. Also, Jamie Jamie Foxx's accent is awful. <laughs> it is atrocious. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, anyway. So, for my number two, this movie could have been... It probably is my biggest disappointment, but because for that category coming in later, we can't do any of the movies that are on our worst five is one that I remember seeing the original trailer for it the same day that movie was going to be released on Netflix. And oh, I was shit. so fucking excited. <laughs> it's the third installment into this... Not really. Huh? This really good yeah. sci-fi. Uh, and that's the Cloverfield Paradox. Trilogy. It's, not, it's kind of a trilogy. It's, it's an unconnected trilogy. Whoa! It's a trilogy. In this movie... Holy shit. I, I was watching the Super Bowl. The trailer comes on. Comes on it says you can watch this after... The game, and I was like, holy fuck, I can't believe they're doing this. It's mind-blowing. I can't, like, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Best best ad campaign, best marketing strategy I've seen yeah. pretty much all year. And then I was like, oh, I raced home to watch it. And I sit down, I put it on, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Well, it's like, yeah, you scored the winning touchdown, and then you immediately got in your Honda, zoomed out of there. Sorry, yeah, Tesla. Not, yeah. You drive a Tesla. Come on, you you care about the environment. You're a <laughs> well, actually, the, the Tesla drives me. So you won. You won. You won the Super Bowl, and that day yeah. was ruined because you had to then yeah. watch Cloverfield. Uh, it's just like it kills me because Cloverfield, the original, is like one of my favorite sci-fi movies. 
It's my, it's probably my favorite found footage movie. Ten Cloverfield Lane, super okay, solid. I'll give you that. I was gonna say I don't know about it's it's probably like top movie. fifty. I literally love that movie. It's just so much fun. It's one of the. T.J. Miller is the voice That's behind totally the fine. camera in that one. That's weird. Uh, it's, it's it's just kind of strange I mean, looking back weird. on it. He was in Yogi Bear. <laughs> but this movie, it doesn't even make sense. And like the, the special <laughs> effects are so bad. Are so, Like there's an arm scene or there's an arm on the ground. It looks terrible. There's an eye scene. I was going to say that was the only part like that? that I liked. Oh my god. <laughs> I liked the, the part inside of the wall. And the part of the hand. The wall walking scene on its is own. like the only scene that looked okay. And then just to like just fucking make it even worse, they just like shove in the Cloverfield monster at the end for no reason. Yeah, it, like it just took a giant shit on the original movie. Because this movie <laughs> didn't need to be Cloverfield. There's no reason. This could have been Boombaloo. It would have been the same thing. I was, uh, what franchise, franchise was that again? It's a classic. Look it up. Uh, the Boombaloo. You mean, you mean <laughs> Boombaloo 5? Electric Boombaloo? Which is Babylon 5, but you don't know how to I say the word Babylon. Just so much. I've never had my excitement <laughs> crushed quicker. Like, I literally, like, sped home to watch this movie. Um, Do you remember one of the first... First real bits uh, that we did in our very very Fire first Hustle? episode. Um, oh, oh, you're no, talking no, 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 no. That the was actual first, first episode. episode. Holy shit! I've no yeah, idea. the first episode. Uh, you were t- you were pitching about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and do you remember what I what I thought you were what pitching? Was it? it was a little show called Fraggle Rock. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Fraggle Rock so much. The uh, best Christmas present I got this this year was. Uh, my boy Steve, our boy Steve, huh? the boy Steve, the only Steve, boy Steve, <laughs> <laughs> boy Steve Wonder, um, got me all of Fraggle Rock, the the collector's scrapbook edition. That's pretty awesome. And I was, it made me it made me cry. I was so Aww. happy. It was such a good gift. Aww. Is that your number two? But then something, <laughs> but something else happened this year involving. Henson Properties. Oh? What is it? It's a movie called The Happy Time Murders. Was it a, was it a happy time? Oh! No! <laughs> I wanted to be murdered! <laughs> oh, so I mean the second part did, did follow up on its promise. Melissa McCarthy wants to fuck a puppet. That's hot. I mean... Melissa, Melissa, Melissa McCarthy wants to fuck a puppet. Um, yeah. Isn't it like... I hate it so much. It's off. It's so bad. I mean, it it's not... See, here's the thing. It's not funny enough to to be outlandish. It's not serious enough to be satirical. It's just bad. It is uber bad. I did not think there was going to be any other movie... That could be possibly worse than Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that this isn't your number one. Uh, yeah. Man, the, I get, I hate everything from the, the poster to the puppet. To Just the, the, a, a single puppet? Movie. There's like one puppet that stands out the most? 
Oh, God, no, they all suck. It's so Would, okay, bad. Is there, I hate it so is much. Is there any level of this movie that is so bad it's good? No. Not at all. I honestly, I just felt miserable the whole time That's watching amazing, it. amazing, because this is actually my number one of the year, and I guess we disagree. P- plot twist. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this movie... One there's one good thing about this oh. movie, and that's on my letterboxed review of this movie. I refer to it as Fraggle Cock, and I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> that's it. That's the only. I good think the thing about saddest it. part about this movie, and I didn't even see it, is that it's a pretty interesting idea. I like the idea a lot. Just watch Avenue but, Q. If you want somewhat raunchy puppets, watch Avenue Q. But now we're just never gonna get another raunchy puppet movie because there's one that's good you could watch you could watch uh i would argue that uh team america world police is a puppet movie they're marionettes the fraggle rock version i don't want it we could have this i'm saying if this would have been good though i just don't i don't think we should have cast melissa mccarthy in this role what was your number one? My number one... This actually might be a Netflix original. I saw it on Netflix. So this could be our third Netflix <laughs> original on The Worst Five. Which is a bad start for Netflix. Because I think they had a great year this year. Uh, and that's Open House. Starring my boy Logan Lerman. Who I like a lot. I think he's pretty cool. He's a nice guy. I haven't heard of this. Uh, it's fucking terrible. It's a horror movie. That, you know... Imagine how terrifying it would be if you were trying to sell your home... And there was an open house, and somebody stayed longer than they were supposed to. <laughs> and then they didn't really do anything. They, like, made a few noises. They lived in the basement, basically. <laughs> I don't know. That's about Shifted it. Shifted around some furniture occasionally. <laughs> they feed your it's fish. They had, a, they, had like a, they had, like, a possum in their house. <laughs> I mean, if you're gone for dinner for too long, they take the dog out. It's pretty, They're pretty nice, to be honest. Um, And then, you know, ugh, fuck, it's, it's just so stupid. It's just, like, the plot is just, like... It just makes me angry because it's so stupid. And like, wait, wait, wait. So they just have like an unwelcome but polite man in their house. No, they don't actually. He doesn't actually like what like water the plants okay. for him. I, I was gonna say that would actually be kind of good, like in a Tucker and he Dale en- versus he, Evil way. He ends you up know? in the house and then he just starts working as a free servant. It's really nice, actually. Uh, he He's cleans just kind up. of a cool guy. He does. He makes. He waters breakfast. my petunias. But like he like. What he does is, he like, dusts. when you're asleep, he dusts he, the house. he'll creep into your room and get into bed with you. Ooh, scary. Oh. It's weird. Oh, but also kind of comfy sometimes. <laughs> but, like, if you're cold, he could cuddle you and keep you warm. Yeah, yeah. It, and you don't even have to ask. <laughs> you, you save on heating. Uh, it's just so fucking stupid. Like, there's a... No. It's just not good. It's bad, it's boring, it's not scary, it's... Silly, stupid plot. God damn! And I just hated it. Like I really hated it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I love the I love the idea of it's just a really nice man. <laughs> How do you do? I live in the attic. <laughs> and then like, it, just, it falls into its same cliches that every horror movie does, but because it's adding those onto an already shitty idea. It just makes them worse, and it makes them stand out yeah, more. Yeah, just, like, redundant. And I'm just like, and, here's the, yeah. here's a fucking idea. Get the fuck out of the house. Go. 
Just get into your car and drive away. <laughs> You're selling it anyway. Like one of the big things is like somebody gets like wet outside. That's a that's a huge like that's a huge thing. Is they're wet. But here's the, the thing. But here's the thing about it. This nice man, he did bring an umbrella. <laughs> no, I mean like he gets like it was yours like, and it was locked they get, like, in your water closet. Splashed onto him. Like they use water as a weapon. Like, that's a big thing. Like, what? that is, like, one of the big... Like, you're supposed to be, like, terrified of this. Like, a bucket of water. Are you sure... Are you sure this is not a Walking Phoenix and Mel Gibson movie? <laughs> are you <laughs> sure? <laughs> um, that's my number one. I fucking hate this movie. Don't watch it. So bad. So boring. Logan Lerman, do better. <laughs> What's uh, your number one? What top the... I almost don't want to talk right, about well, it. Well, honorable mentions. Um... <laughs> Um, so, some of the best ones I saw this year that didn't quite make it in my top 15. Um, Are we actually skipping? You're number one? Okay, no. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I just didn't want to have to... <sighs> this movie opens up with a very sad and somber Ooh. scene. Um, it's, a, it's a man and, and his wife, and they're, they're sitting in a bunker... And there's a single bullet sitting on the table. Oh, did you watch Downfall? I don't the know Hitler what that movie. is. That didn't come out this year. It's, it's an older movie. It was a bunker joke. Sorry. Um, Poorly timed. Wow, that's really that's really <laughs> insensitive. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, um, we we see, um, you know, Ava Braun is talking to her husband about how sad she is um, that that the war has come to this. Um, you were, uh, right on the money there that it's Hitler. Actually? Yes. So, there's a single bullet on the table, and they don't even use it. <laughs> the gun's already loaded. <laughs> she takes a pill and die, and then he shoots himself. But the bullet is just <laughs> still serious? sitting there. I was already very upset <laughs> by that. <laughs> oh, that's good. Then Wait, we cut to, uh, Was I day. actually right? <laughs> you were 100% right. We cut to present day and we see a uh, real life turtle man, Denise uh. DeSozo. Uh and he's uh he's he's explaining to us in his that that we are watching his uh his latest uh quote unquote documentary oh. uh called Ooh. Death of a Nation. The worst That's film the worst I saw this year. Is it a play is it a play on words? You know, it's pretty is pretty is pretty close. It's pretty close. Oh, to the okay. To the original. Ooh. Ooh. Um this basically this chronicles about how Okay, I David, I want you to do something real quick for me. I want you to look up this movie so you can see uh you can take a look see at this poster here. Good old Googles. Mm-hmm. Uh anyone listening at home, I, I do encourage you to take a look at Ooh. this uh, it's a, poster. It's <laughs> Dude, I, wait. Uh, David, can oh, you describe seeing, to me uh, what you're seeing, seeing right 50, now on this 50, poster? Abe Lincoln, honest Abe, and uh, Donald Trump. 50-50. Uh-huh. One face. With a burning White House below it, a burning flag, and the worst typography I've seen oh, dude, that's straight out of, of uh, any movie. Clip, right uh, there at right the top there. I can make that. Uh, but then if you zoom in, there's also like people, there's... <laughs> There's some African-Americans in chains with 
with a white, mm-hmm. looks like a white plantation owner, right in front of the White House. And then uh, we got some people throwing mm-hmm. some uh, Molotov cocktails, and then some sort of flag. It's, I don't know what flag that is, to be honest, though. It's a weird... Uh, is that it? is the Antifa tra- hmm. flag, the uh, anti-fascist uh, Where group. did you even watch this? <laughs> <clears throat> Let's go through a couple of key moments in this film. They talk about how the Nazi platform is the same as the current Democratic platform. Right on the money. You got it. Uh, <laughs> they talk about how since uh, Andrew Jackson was a bad person and enslaved, and he was a Democrat... That every single Democrat still owns slaves. <laughs> right on the money again, Mister Dinesh. You really know what you're talking about. Uh, we got uh, we got the part where uh, <laughs> they talk about how <laughs> Hitler's peoples weren't so bad because they didn't even they didn't even uh, really enslave the Jewish people like like the Americans did. Nazis are oh, bad. They barely talk about Trump in this one. Like, at all. Barely mentioned. It's like, all... Are you telling me he's not 50? Oh, it's not 50-50 split like mm. you would think on it. Mm. No, it's mainly these super weird recreations of Nazi Germany. Like, refilmed. And this, there was... They also had the scene of Andrew Jackson screening Birth of a Nation in the White House... Which is the exact same footage that he used in Hillary's America, except there's not a weird CGI KKK member that jumps out of the screen. <laughs> um, I don't know what to be picturing right now, but it's it's weird. There, <laughs> so, as as we're learning about the history of the the Nazis, um, Denise Sosa is going to all these historical monuments, right? Mm-hmm. And like. It dissolves between what it looks like nowadays and what it looked like back then. Okay, so that's something that's been used in documentaries a lot uh, to to some pretty powerful effect in a lot of them. There's one part. There's one part where he's standing looking over a crowd and it starts uh, starts fading in like the old the old photo. And you know it's a Nazi rally. And I swear to God, where he is standing is now Hitler. He dissolves into Hitler. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I don't think you're supposed to do that. (laughs) There's, God, the fucking, the fact that there's movies, I, I just, I don't know, I don't know, I I don't know what to talk about. I think we could talk about good movies. You you want to talk about some some winners? It's just, podcast done? (laughs) Ethan no longer likes movies. He lost his love for movies. David. There's not a lot of movies where they have an interview with Richard Spencer, a uh, neo-Nazi white supremacist. Oh, uh, you might remember he was the one that that got punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also the one that was at the rallies going Heil Trump. He is the most reasonable voice in this movie. Ooh, he shows up and he starts talking, and I'm like. Finally, a reasonable human being that understands parts of history. And I hate that. This is a weird sentence. I never thought I would hear you say. It's... This movie sucks. 
so bad. Oh my god. So anyway, if you want to see a movie by a convicted felon, uh, go and check out Death of a Nation. Uh, all of it's on YouTube for free. Is it so, actually? Yeah. Is that where you watched it? Yeah. Weird. Uh, so when, if you want to die. When you can't get your <laughs> movie released on Netflix, you just throw it oh, on the YouTube. Oh, it's bad. It's so bad. Oh. Uh, the, the whole movie... Is this man telling you about how Bernie Sanders is a Nazi while he slowly transforms into a turtle? <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking movie. It's so bad. Oh. Well. David, tell me your honorable mentions. I need to lie down. <laughs> so, my Are we just going to, like, run through these, or do we want to, like... One by one? I don't know what my honorable mentions are yet. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> oh, I think we're late for this, Ethan. <laughs> Do you want me to give you some? Well, it's like, I don't know. I don't want to, like, double talk about things, you know? Uh, why don't you give me... Let's just shoot off one by one. We're going to do five honorable mentions. Let's, uh... So, let's so my first it. honorable mention is the documentary that has made a huge splash in the indie world. Uh, and that's Minding the Gap. This doc's... I still haven't dude, seen it's that. It's on Hulu for free. Oh, shit. That's Go on Go watch it. it. It spans about, like... It's what? What? I don't know I said it's said. on Hulu for free. Hulu is a streaming uh, service that... What do you mean? What Hulu, is that? Mm, Hulu, it's... Uh... Hey, no, I'm the kid from Bandersnatch. What's Netflix? <laughs> no, it's not Hulu. It's not Netflix. It's not... Bandersnatch. Uh, but this movie spans like 15 years of these kids' life, and it's just, I really wanted to put this on my top 15. It's fucking... Hey, it made Obama's top Dude, 15. his top 15 is like, who sends him screeners? He gets screeners, right? 100% we can confirm this. Because like, how did he see Burning? Burning was... If, here's the thing, if Obama says I want to see your movie... He sees your movie, it's, right? Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. His top, his his top list is like the craziest list ever. His top list is like my top fifteen plus the movies I didn't see that I really wanted to see. It's insane. Uh, I'm gonna eat some blueberries what? out of sadness. I'm a, I'm blue, and these are berries. Are Don't mind me. Keep about going? the food that you're about to consume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Mining the gap is this look at. Three kids, as they grow up in very like impoverished lifestyle, uh, skateboarding, skateboarding and though, just right? honestly living life. Like this one kid has a kid basically within like fifteen minutes of the movie starting, and then you watch him Damn. and his relationship kind of Be fall apart. You watch him fail as being a father, uh, and then it's just it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. And yeah, and it's also this kid's first movie. Like he was just filming it as he was like a little kid, uh, and then he just Damn. pieced it all together. A lot Dude, of skateboarding yeah, movies. Uh, this the skate year, huh? kitchen, uh, mid nineties. So, uh, it's mid- dude. Yeah. This year, wow. Uh, Twenty eighteen was the year of skateboarding and horses. <laughs> skateboarding <laughs> horses, my favorite. Genre. Uh, what is your? First honorable mention. I want to talk okay. about Thunder um, Road. 
Ooh, dude, I'm so happy um, you're putting this on it. It's it's so good. Um, it's okay. So this movie starts off <laughs> with with a man. Holy shit! Dancing uh, at his mother's funeral. He's got this pink boombox with a favorite song of hers, and he can't get it to work. Oh and my god! So he just dances, and there's no music. It's like a one shot take. <laughs> Dude, for it's like crazy. 10 minutes. <laughs> oh my god! This this one is so driven by its central performance. Uh huh. There are times that I laugh and times that I cry, and then sometimes I do do both. I do do both. Do do both. Do do both. Do do both. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, it's hard to look away, and you don't always want to. You know, like it, it's it's not one that like is kind of a repelling, compelling. I that was a weird. What? <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch uh, Watch Thunder Road. Uh, David's your turn. Thunder Road. I love this movie, and. I, like, one day I was just, like, scrolling through Amazon Prime to look if there's anything I wanted to watch. And I saw this mm-hmm. picture, and it has a terrible picture on uh, on Amazon. Uh, it's just, like, the close-up of Jim Cummings' face. And I was like, what is this? Uh, the poster it has on Letterboxd, I don't... I like worse. I, I think that's worse. Really? The Amazon Prime one, I like. Um, and then I watched the trailer, and the trailer, I was like, holy shit, this looks intense. And it's, it's like... it's a, I think what you were saying... It's a hard movie to watch, cause like, but it kind of just... not not like not enjoyable though, you know? No, not at it's all. It's just so hard to describe this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's if if Tommy Wiseau was good, <laughs> 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 this is the movie. Does that make sense? Uh, I think. That... <laughs> yeah, I just never thought I would. I think hear that kind that. of perfectly. Uh... <laughs> but doesn't that like that? I mean, that's yeah, it, right? 100%. This is also what his first movie he made. Yeah, the first well, was the, sh- uh, the other one he made was a short oh, film, this, which yeah. was this okay. movie. Uh, so my second on my honorable mentions is The Rider. I never you, saw you, it, but you heard of it, right? He's uh, got, it's a, got horse a horse. In it. A year of the horse, uh, and <laughs> it's it's about this guy. <laughs> so basically, it's directed by Chloe Zhao. Oh, I think your name is. Um, and yeah, Chloe Zhao and the guy who plays the lead, who is a, he's a rodeo rider. He rides horses and during one, this ain't my first rodeo. I've skateboarded many during, a horse. Like his last one, he fell off the horse and the horse crushed his he- head and he has this huge gash. And the guy who actually plays the actor, plays the character actually has that. Like that's, that actually happened to him. And it's, Damn. it is. Everybody in the movie is not an actor. They're actually just the people. Except the horse is actually two people. Every horse is Daniel Day Lewis. He lied about <laughs> retiring. Holy shit! I would love to see that. Um, so, and that's the thing that kept it off the list. Even though I respect that type of filmmaking, a few of the performances you can tell they're not actors. Um, and it's basically just this guy's struggle with his condition. And not being able to do what he loves. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's very much like The Wrestler. Uh, where if the doctors keep telling him if he rides again, he will die. Uh, yeah, nice. so. But he's not going to get uh, nominated for an Oscar. Like The Wrestler. Uh, even though the, the lead... 
That got nominated, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, Mickey Rourke won, right? Yeah, the same year as Crazy what? Heart. Was it same year as Crazy Heart, or was it the year before? I don't know. It's a good question. I've never seen Crazy Heart, but I really like the wrestler. I watched the wrestler back to back one night uh, with Black Swan, and that was a really weird night because I didn't sleep. I literally <laughs> stayed up. I just that's a stressful night. And I watched both, and I was like, "Well, I'm depressed as fuck." Um, I did. I did a weird mate. Let's talk about my year of double features. <laughs> oh, I had some weird ones in here. Uh, I did. I'll ra- I'll do I'll do two honorable mm-hmm. mentions real quick, because uh, two of them were mm-hmm. part of that. Um, so the first one I did a double feature of Once oh. Upon a Deadpool, the PG thirteen cut mention? of Deadpool two. Okay, I was like, what the fuck? No, 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 no. <laughs> that was part of the double feature. The honorable mention Is... that I watched the movie with oh, was A Private dude, War. That movie, really wanted to see. I, I had my tickets all lined up, and then I didn't go. <laughs> it's it's really yeah. it's really good. Rosamund Pike's amazing. Uh, Jamie Doran's really solid in it. Uh, Stanley Tucci does not pull you out of the movie as much as he <laughs> usually does. Um... Yeah, no, Rosamund Pike is fantastic in it. Uh, I I would put this up against her wow. role in Gone Girl any day. Um, it's it's a very different role. Uh, it's really, really good. Um, the other one that I saw that I think is a much worse double feature. Uh, I started off with Mary Poppins mm. Returns, How which was is that? not my honorable mention. But I did see it. Uh, it was no. fine. The first one's way better. Yeah. I wanted to see it as a play. The new one. That's all I was thinking the whole time. Is like I'd rather watch a, a play of this. So I watched Mary Poppins Returns, and then I Ooh, did watch The House this, that Jack. This is an honorable mention. This didn't make your list. <laughs> Interesting. This is an honorable mention. Uh, it mm-hmm. just outside of my top fifteen. Um. Yeah, oh yeah. Very strange. Yep. Very Lars von Trier. Very <laughs> Lars von Trier. Um, I really like it. I like the the kind of it's yeah. very monologue-y, but it's never boring. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, it, I'm I'm always interested. And then like they play that David Bowie song like five times, and I'm like, it's okay. still a box. So one it's thing. So I watched this movie too. It's <laughs> very interesting. Uh, but what I thought was really interesting about the movie <laughs> is that Bruno Gans, who plays basically. Uh, Jack's, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without spoiling anything. Uh, he, it's, it's the person that he's talking to. Yes. That, that, that Jack is confessing, or yes. not really confessing, Bruno but like Gans explaining is himself the person to. who famously played Hitler in Downfall. And like, so if you ever see that like clip of Hitler, like, you know, like screaming, that's Bruno Gans. I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't like how connected this this episode has been with Hitler. But I thought, I thought it was just interesting that they that I don't like that that's the connective tissue that, that they holds all movies him together to play that role. I mean, Hitler was also talked about in yeah, this movie. Sorry. So, uh, how's the Jack Belt? Just so people know what it is, mm-hmm. uh, it's about a serial killer um, who has a very warped view on yeah. Oh yeah, 
on art, on violence, on engineering and architecture. Uh, pretty crazy. He there. There's one line in in the film that I, I keep going back to of, of really liking summing it up. Uh, he's asked a question of, wasn't yeah. there something about a house? <laughs> yeah. Um, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's wild. It's it um, takes a it takes a weird left turn, <laughs> but one that like yeah, if you're no, paying attention is not surprising. Um, but is still dude, then so, okay, visually. I, I, I just want to talk to you like wild. spoilery. We're not gonna uh, about like a few of the final shots of this movie, uh, having to do with a cave and a dwelling, mm-hmm. and your thought on that because I thought that was like uh-huh. I was just shocked when I saw those shots. I, it's so it's very, like, it the juxtaposition of yeah. almost found footage shot versus the uh-huh. most staged cinematic yep. shot in the film. Um, is so weird. Yeah, so this movie is also. I was gonna say this movie is well worth a watch. It's a little hard to year, watch. Because it can be a little uh, challenging for having like the critics like walk out. Well, okay, of here's the thing at, about Ken. People walking out of a film at Cannes are doing it because they want to be pompous. Yeah. And, you know, fuck them. <laughs> but there are also, like, a few, like, <laughs> there are two there, scenes. No, there are some some things in this that are challenging, but it's not it's not as challenging as I thought it would be going in. Yeah. Other than maybe Mr. Grumpy. <laughs> there was, uh, uh, there was a lot of things that I thought. Or the, uh, the parking ticket fuck. part. Or the wallet. <laughs> oh my god. Well, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> those are connected. Say uh, some bad parts. <laughs> uh, okay, so my third honorable mention is Tully. Um, also didn't see this one. Really? What? We both saw so many movies, but we like didn't watch a lot of I think of it's crazy ones. how like our lists aren't... like Our entire watch list this year are very different. We'll we'll go through at the end. So we both use uh, Letterbox to like organize and track everything that we watch, mm-hmm. and it can tell you if you're looking at someone else's list, like how much you've seen of it. I'm thinking it's gonna be like fifty percent. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So this is Jason Reitman's second movie that came out this year. His other one was The Front Runner, which is a little bit lower on my list. Uh, and Tully has probably the craziest twist and it's just it's a very intimate look at being a parent specifically being uh charlie theron's character in this movie raising two kids uh and they're not easy kids to raise and then she gets uh a night maid tully to come and help her out and it's just it actually double twists at the end because it does something that i was like i can't believe that they're doing this and then it twist again and then it's just it's beautiful i cried and it's just i can't imagine watching this like being a parent i think if i was a parent watching this easily in the top 15 damn uh and charlie theron uh wickedly good i i don't i i don't know if she's still being talked about for getting a nomination this year but i think she deserves it uh, there's more of a push for Tony Collette and Hereditary. People get mad they're not getting early buzz. Oh, I hope she gets it, to be honest. <laughs> um, 
Whew, what should I talk about next? Only got two left? Mm-hmm. Fuck, there's so many movies on here. I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to talk about two movies in one. Ah, gotcha. Breaking the rules already. What? There's so many fucking good movies. Listen. Uh, okay, so both of these have some connective tissue. They're both movies that star um, older professional actors. Uh, Can I guess what these are going to be? almost career-defining roles. You know what one of them is. <laughs> one is going to be the wife. And the other one's going to be the old man on the gun. Am I wrong? You are absolutely correct. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, old man of the gun, Robert Redford's back, and he's charming as fuck. Uh, Dude, so he, With Sissy Spacek, don't forget her. I would love to get robbed by him. I <laughs> He was just so charming. He was just so charming. Uh, it's <laughs> filmed with the same kind of mentality as some more classic Robert Redford movies. Without ever getting too dull for a modern audience. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is super impressive that it still has that tone and texture, but doesn't get bogged down in some of some of the things that don't age as well. Um, the Wife has a fantastic central performance by Glenn Close with some amazing um, supporting roles, especially my boy, uh, Jonathan Price. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> um which is all about uh, how the wife reacts when her husband is uh, gets the Nobel Prize for literature. Yeah. And how that sends ripples throughout their family and professional lives. So their personal and professional lives. It's really, really good. It's also got a really um, fun... They're both uh, fantastic. Uh, ...role from Christian Slater. I like him a lot in it. Oh, yeah! I really want to see yeah. a lot more from him, because I love him. Uh, and it was yeah. really cool oh to see him there. Uh, also, so both of those... So good. Also, Old Man and the Gun, if you are a fan of Robert Redford's history, uh, absolutely must see. Also, one of my favorite scenes between Robert Redford and Casey Affleck in a bathroom. It's just, it's perfect. It's just like, it's very subtle. Which is, with, with yeah, which movie. is crazy because there's so many to choose yeah. from of scenes with Casey Affleck and Robert Redford in a bathroom. <laughs> I can think of tens, <laughs> tens up. of scenes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but they're both really good picks. Uh, the wife would have probably made. I like the wife. It just, I, as soon as it started, kind of expected what happens, and that's the only thing I kept. Yeah, but it's still it, like, it's a performance. It's still yeah, good, definitely. Okay, uh, fourth on my list is Game Night. Oh, Game Night I was so good. Love this movie. I I generally. I'm not the biggest fan of comedies, even though this year blew me away, not, not blew me away, but it very much surprised me from a lot of the comedies I thought were going to be cheesy and bad, like Game Night, mm-hmm. uh, but also Blockers I watched, and that was actually pretty solid, but Game Night is just like next level good. I wanted so bad to put this on my top 15, it just didn't make the cut, <laughs> but it's so close. Um, it's it's shot beautifully, like which is weird for a comedy. But I really enjoy the cinematography of this one. It's got amazing roles from Jason Bateman, uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, that one dude who's also in... Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons is great, but I'm thinking about the blonde guy. Um, uh, oh, he wasn't really that much of a standout I just like him so... One. Billy Magnuson, and I think he's going to be a huge actor. Uh, I just... He was... Huh? I, Honestly, he was one of my least favorite really? characters. That's interesting. I, like him a lot. I just like him as an yeah. actor. I'm really excited to see where 
his career takes him. And then also Kyle Chandler, who's like the coolest person out there. Uh, you got Chelsea Peretti. You got Michael C. Hall. It's just such it, a fun movie because... Fun, but also filmed yeah. super, super well. They use things like tilt-shift photography to make like the neighborhoods look kind of like a so game cool. board. Oh, so good. Really, really well-polished. With sharp dialogue, with some charming, and also, funny people, uh, is a great like second watch. Like it, you don't lose anything. I don't think mm-hmm. watching it a second time or even yeah. a third time or fifth. What is David? I have like five more movies I want to talk about. <laughs> you you got to pick one. You get you got you you have one more. My last honorable mention. Mm-hmm. And there's so many more movies that I want to talk about. There were so many great movies this year, and I'm so happy about that. Ah. Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here. Um, Joaquin Phoenix as a hitman. Um, first part of the movie is pretty slow, but the way it, it's all like a perfect setup for the second half of the movie. Mm-hmm. The best use of violence I've seen all year. Um, at, fir- at first, I thought this was a film about pain. You know, the pain that we give, the pain that we feel. Um, but it, that wasn't intense enough. Um, it's a film about torture. <laughs> yeah. Um, at its core. It is... It's a lot. Um, there's a scene towards the end that is haunting. Uh, Dude, David, a lot I'm in sure this... you know exactly there's what scene... In... There's a lot in this movie that is haunting, I think. Like, a lot of the imagery is hard. And, yeah. yeah. Um, gorgeous film. Yeah. Beautifully acted with with like this intense subtlety. Mm-hmm. There are some points where it's not at all subtle, but then that's always bookended by these very quiet, intimate moments between intense acts of violence. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. I I think... I was so excited for this movie when it came out. Everything about it, I thought, just, like, blew me away from what I was hearing. And Lynn Ramsey, I think, is just, like, top... One of the best... I mean, that's that's someone we talked about on our uh, indie directors as a director to look out for. And this is exactly fucking why. Uh, And I, like, I drove, like, out of the way, like, to a theater that I'd never been to before to see this movie... And my first viewing of it was a little misguided just because I, I, I went in there with such the wrong mind uh, because I had heard it being called, like, this year's Taxi Driver, which, I mean, it, yeah. it kind of is. Like, it, it's, it's pretty... No, no, you know what this year's Taxi Driver is. Oh, yes, I know. Is. Well, I know, I know. Well, both of those movies, though. <laughs> uh, I thought it was crazy. I'm never so excited just from, like, a single line from a review. Um... But on my second rewatch, I really enjoyed it a lot more, which is a weird word to use for this movie. Um, yeah. But... <sighs> this this builds more... Just, the more time you sit with it... My big gripe with this movie is its inability to pick a title for, like, the longest time. Because it... Yeah. Uh, a Beautiful yeah. Day. And then it went to... Um, was there a third? I think there. I don't think there was. 
I think there was, was another I thought, one. I, I thought there were only two, but, remember. like, every single, like, different, like, platform, like, trying to buy tickets, like, had it listed as a different thing, and I was confused. It was super good. Yeah. Um. So, my last one. Was that your last one? Yep, that was my last one, because I oh, did yeah, the yeah. two. My yeah. last one comes from probably my favorite director, Damien Chazelle, who can't do any wrong, uh, starring one of my favorite actors, Ryan Gosling, and that's First Man. I was... This this was one of my most anticipated movies, and I still really... Probably the same? It was just, like, so... There's just not a lot of, uh... Like, I feel... I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's just, like, a very muted movie, but some of the set pieces on this movie are, like, just jaw-dropping. Like, I will... Like, when he gets into the spinning machine, I don't know what it's called, it's one of the craziest visuals... (laughs) Of the year, the moon landing, insane. Uh, so the thing, how I heard First Man described, that I think really sums it up. Um, it's it's a very intimate look at Neil Armstrong's life at the time, and the struggles that he has with his family and with himself. He just so happens to also yeah, be going to the moon. Yeah. Um, as the backdrop. It really, really solid. Um, the when they actually get to the moon is breathtaking. This was one that I absolutely see in IMAX, but <laughs> a little late this time. <laughs> you, I think you missed it. Um, <laughs> it is, it it's the event movie of the year. I think. Really? Oh, yes. Um, another movie. So, it's so yeah, beautiful. And also, I forget her name, the wife in the movie. She, Claire Foy. Claire Foy. So good. Is uh, phenomenal. Like, if she gets nominated for Best Supporting Actress, absolutely, I can see it, yeah. it as, like, her getting it. Um, it's just, and it also, I think, kind of sheds some light on to how many lives were actually lost trying to just get to the moon. Can we talk, can we talk about how Claire Foy and Emily Blunt both had two... Two roles this year each that were both really uh, different. What are these roles? Emily Blunt. Uh, Claire Foy, you got First Man and Girl in the Spider's Web. <laughs> and then you, for Emily Blunt, you have A Quiet Place yep. and Mary Poppins. Are, uh... What a weird, different. what a weird combo. Um, that was my number Do you have one number fifteen? Number five. All right. So, so the other ones were not in any sort of particular order. There were movies we liked more, but those are the ones we really wanted to like point out as like definitely see these. Yeah, but there this year, this year was so good, and maybe it was just because this is probably the most movie movies I've seen in a year. Yeah. But I thought yeah, this year wild. just fucking banged hard. Like there's like my 135 movies, 136 if you count the comedy. Um, there's like 80 that I really liked, and yeah. And then there were also others. <laughs> and there were some other ones that are a little, a little bit of a letdown. Um, Alrighty. So number 15. Starts off with one... Wait, wait, wait. Before we do Hello? this... Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Before we do this. So we we each have 15 movies. Mm-hmm. Each have our top 15. Do you think that... Our lists will have more than a 50% crossover. So do you think 
that we will have at least eight movies that are the same or less? I'm going to say no. Oh, my God. <laughs> because there's a lot of things that I think would have been just outside of mine that I think were on yours and then the same vice versa. Okay. I think if we looked at our top 30, it would be much higher. Yeah. But I'm going to say that we're going to have at least 50%. I'm going to say we're not. Fuck. Um, okay. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we're not betting anything on it, David. This is a life bet. The loser dies. Oh. oh. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's too late. You answered the question. Uh... So let's let's talk about number fifteen on my okay. list, and that is Bo Burnham's film Eighth Grade. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of the best movies about like like best movie about middle school I've ever seen. Yeah, um, it is gorgeously performed. The problems in it, you feel the weight of them even now. The whole time, there were. I was feeling like it jumped me right back in. There was no point that I didn't absolutely believe all these people were who they were supposed to be. Uh, the score is a little jarring at first, but overall I love it. It's the, the fact that they can use the, the score to comedic effect. Um, uh, in particular with, uh, with a cute boy that she likes. Uh, it's gorgeous. Um, there are some, very much not fun scenes to sit through, mm-hmm. but overall, it's absolutely gorgeous. It is a beautiful, beautiful film. Thank you, Bo Burnham. You did it. Yeah, I think it's you did shocking. It so good. I, it's, it's shocking to think that this was created by an a YouTuber. Like, yeah, that's just it's so weird to think that he wrote someone that started their career by making goofy comedy songs, songs on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, it's. Insane Bo is wow. What a journey! <laughs> it's Bo Yo. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I also just picked this up actually. Uh, it got d- delivered like two days ago. Uh, so my number 15. Good shit. And this one, that, if you had been keeping an eye on my list for the year, this one was probably like somewhere in the mid 20s. But I needed this to be on my top 15. <laughs> it just had to be there. And that's okay. Avengers Infinity War. Wow! I, it needed to make the list. because. Okay! I just... I After I left... That is so surprising! I know. <laughs> after I left the theater, it was just... I had a, such a fucking fun time watching this. The, the, the comedy between Thor and Rocket killed me. <laughs> Thor's appearance on the battlefield just gives me goosebumps every single time I even see the the me, the gif on Twitter. And just the way that the Russo brothers handled like 30 fucking characters yeah. <laughs> is, is just a triumph by itself. Thanos is the best MCU villain to date. What about Malekith? <laughs> you know, uh, from Thor: The, the Dark the, World, uh, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Uh, did you like Ronan? Did you like Whiplash? Oh, I love Whiplash, dude. Mickey Rourke, so good. Did you like Sam uh, Rockwell? Uh, was that <laughs> three with a fucking? <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 but 
but he's so good, and I think the. F- I think a lot of people people's big gripe with this is that they're just gonna undo everything in the next movie, mm-hmm. and that it actually ha- holds no weight, mm-hmm. which isn't not true. Well, we but, won't know until the actual movie. I but guess. to still even do it and to kill a character who that year had, you know, made a billion dollars for Marvel, I think it still takes, you know, some courage on Marvel's side to go through with it. And to end the movie with Thanos will return is awesome. Like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, big props to Josh Brolin. <laughs> Seriously. Killing it. Uh, two superhero movies this year. And you're good in both. Yeah, let's talk double dipping. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to take a quick aside to talk about the some double dipping. Also, <laughs> a movie has never connected the entire nation more, probably the entire world, for its hate for Peter Quill's action to punch Thanos. Yeah. So let's talk about double dipping. <laughs> we got Josh Brolin did a did a big double dip. <laughs> Right. Yep. The thing I made I made a very specific list for this year. Uh, two movies I guarantee will not be in our top fifteen. We'll see about that. Uh, so it's superhero movies that came out in twenty eighteen that feature two very specific things in common. Number one, an insect or creature playing the drums, mm. and number two is Randall Park in a suit. Not getting taken seriously. Aquaman and Ant-Man and the Wasp both did those exact things. Wait, 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 wait. Wasn't the, the ant playing the drum in the first Ant-Man? Was that the second Ant-Man? No, that's Is the second it really? One. Holy mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> it's wearing the tracker yeah. and doing all oh, of his daily fuck, routine. Right. Wow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe Ant-Man and the... Let's talk about... What? Sorry. Oh, go, I just can't believe that it. movie came out this year. It feels like literally <laughs> right. like ages ago. It came out after Infinity War. Is that true? Yeah. It came out on July 6th. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit. Number 14, baby, we did it. It's number 14. Here we go. Number 14. I just, I figured I'd try out like a, a disc jockey yeah, I countdown. Yeah, I don't think it worked. I don't think it's you know, it's like, number 14, the top party show. That was kind of cool. That was interesting. Don't do it again, but like, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Speaking of kind of cool, <laughs> um, not kind of cool, pretty damn cool. Now, I have some issues with this movie that we'll, we'll get into, that you probably oh. share. Um, this is Steve McQueen's film, Ooh. Widows. It's a um, 14? This is... It's at 14. You're a fucking uh, criminal. Hmm. Because I watched you it know, again. I'm not going to be surprised. Oh. 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 Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's, there's some, there's like, there's a point where things that you thought you knew switched, and it really, really sucks the second or third time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, the basic premise of this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Um, there is a robbery gone wrong right in the beginning, okay? And all the husbands die. So then the the widows that are left behind after their husbands died in the, this robbery are then threatened by the people that the robbery affected. 
Uh, that includes some shady politicians. That includes some um, drug lords turned politicians that are still drug lords. Um, that includes their family members that just don't think they'll ever amount to anything. Um, every single different character in this movie is pretty much a fully yeah. fleshed out character. None of the relationships really overlap or double dip. Double dip. It, they're all different cohesive stories that I could watch a full movie out of. Um, the action is impeccable. The acting is phenomenal. You have um, Steve McQueen directing, uh, honestly, some of the best workers in the field right now. You have Viola Davis. You have Daniel Kaluuya. You have... Uh, Rob Duvall is also really good in this. Um, Brian Tyree have, Henry, who uh, Cynthia Erivo, who had dude, he had mm-hmm. such a good year this year. Like, yeah, he did. He had a good <laughs> year. Heel Street, <laughs> Spider Man, Hotel um, Artemis, White Boy Rick, dude was working hard this year. <laughs> um, Widows is really really good, super solid, but with. Some lesser well, parts to it. Um, that is your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> my number fourteen. Do you want to go your fourteen? Uh, was at some point during this year my number one of the year. Uh, and that's Annihilation okay. by your boy Alex Garland, who also came out with Ex Machina, which was Hell yeah. one of my favorite movies of the year that it came out. This movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the follow-up is, is the follow-up it's up. a little bit weaker because <laughs> uh, I think Ex Machina Squeakle. is still fucking phenomenal um this one is it's just like it was an experience when this came out in what like January February or something like that like it was super early in the year and I I just walked yeah, out it was like, super early blown away with what I had just seen because it has some of the best visual moments dude some of the uh, scariest things the all scene, year. Never, uh, the bear I'll, scene. I'll just never Holy forget that. Shit. Uh, the like the intestines crawling yeah. around, crazy. And then it also has like some of the most beautiful scenes, like the what is what do they call it? Walking the, the flowers. The, walking into the, the flowers. The, just like the the, sh- the the shimmer. Yeah, it's so cool. The shimmer. Um, uh, it's basic premise of this movie. Uh, I feel like we, so we should give like this a super asteroid brief lands synopsis and first. a shimmer appears and it starts to grow. It's basically a dome uh, where things go in and don't come out. And yeah. they send in a team of military people made up of Oscar Isaac and his crew. Uh, and they don't come back until Oscar Isaac comes back. And he, yeah. Just shows up Natalie at Natalie Portman. Portman's door. As a biologist, and then she gets and brought she in, teams up and then the it kicks off from there as they go in. Basically, a bunch of different female professionals in different fields to go in there and find out what's going on, and it's their journey in there. And as soon as they cross the shimmer, it just has like one of the greatest like cuts, where then they're like, "We've been in here for like three days or something, and they don't know anything." It's one of the coolest things. Yeah, from dude, so much full of existential dread. Uh, and gorgeous sci-fi a lot, visuals. A lot it's, of this movie really, really will, good. will hinge on the ending and how that connects for you. Because you're either going to hate it, or you're going to like it, or you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, up next at number 13, 
Ooh, uh, Spike Lee's this film made the list. Black nice. Klansman. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is basic. The basic premise of this film is first black cop in this area decides that one of his first missions should be to <laughs> obviously infiltrate the KKK. Um, he does this by putting on a white voice uh, on the phone, um, and basically then he he gets to the point where he talks to like David Duke, the Archbishop, <laughs> Grand Wizard, or whatever. Uh, the, he talks to the head of the KKK, uh, and it goes from there. <laughs> um, super funny without ever being um, non with, without. Without drifting away from how threatening it should be, um, so there's always this constant, always constant danger, danger that never goes away. A clear, even, even in the funny scene, danger. there's um, really, really sharp dialogue, uh, really, really fun filmmaking. Uh, honestly, one of Spike Lee's best since quite a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think people could say Spike Lee is back after this. Like, if yes. he makes another movie that is just as good as this, he's definitely back. Um, it's, it's connections to, to modern times are pretty subtle throughout until the very, very end. It gets absolutely not subtle. Um, uh, Adam Driver is fantastic. Uh, every, every single character works super well together. Um, Topher Grace as David Duke is hilarious and terrifying. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the star of this is John David Washington. Who, who is phenomenal. Denzel Washington's son, which is crazy, because yeah. this dude can act. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Check it out. I think the one thing, though, is, like, I thought this... I thought from the trailers... I, I, I didn't like the marketing of this movie, because even the poster, I feel like, makes it look a lot more... Like, it's gonna be, like, a hard comedy. And although it has yeah. funny aspects to it, it is a very... It still se- has It's a very serious, serious thing. You know? Uh, and especially with the way that the movie ends, like the last like two three minutes, it's it's very serious. And like even the opening makes it feel like you're going into a comedy. Uh, so my number thirteen is a little foreign film called The Guilty. Yes, thank um, you for putting me onto this film. Holy yeah. shit! I remember I brought this up to you a while ago, uh, like seeing if it was on a short list for uh, foreign language films, mm-hmm. and you said I'd never even heard of it. Probably not going to get a nomination. Uh, and like. The week after I saw this movie, it got announced that they're making an English remake now with it, starring Dick yep. Hall, which was just the weirdest timing. Uh, but this movie follows a cop who has been basically benched from the street and is in the call center for the police or for the emer- or emergency dispatch. And you, you kind of watch him make, take a few like normal calls, and then he gets a call from a female who has been kidnapped. And you follow his journey trying to, in his room, not his room, but in the, like, the cop station, police station, uh, find out what is going on and trying to help solve the case. And it just beautifully expands the story, and you find stuff out with him, and you get excited. And, and devastated. <laughs> Dude, so much. So, yeah, it all takes place. It follows. You only know what he knows. You only see what he sees. It's a very intimate look um, without ever losing an ounce of tension. No. It, it doesn't let us tell the whole film. Yeah. And what I really like about this is when the movie starts, you're in a room with like 
four other dispatchers. And then his shift is over, and he goes into a different room, close the shit, close the blinds on the windows, and you're just like, shit is about to go off. And it does, even though he's just sitting at a desk. Um, fucking love this movie. Yeah, no, it's amazing. <laughs> um, up next, at my number 12, we have The Death of Stalin. Ooh, only 12? Um, Dude, what, did you, what is on your top 10? Like, oh my god. <laughs> I know these. So <laughs> everything that's that was above this was in my top five for the longest time. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is basic premise is uh, Stalin has passed away, um, and it's this kind of rat race uh, rush to see who's going to be next in power. Um, it is a hilarious gut-bursting political satire <laughs> that, similar to Black Klansman, never loses its sharp intensity and The date. writing in this movie is on another so level. Good. Like, every every it's line. Insane. When I say every line, I mean every line. It's just, like, fucking hilarious. Yeah. I was watching this in bed, and I was just cracking up by myself. With, like, every <laughs> single line. It's just, it's gold. I don't think I have ever laughed harder at a comedy in theaters. You saw this in theater? Oh my god! I did. It was amazing. Um, and but it's also a movie that I cried at, like not not out of like, oh that's bittersweet. Of like that is horrifying because it talks about what some of these real life people actually yeah. did in the context of the movie and how they get punished for it, and it's like it's really shocking. And alarming that you were like able to laugh about and joke around with these awful, like horrendous people, but they're all the ones that were vying I for mean, power. It just takes like a masterclass writer to be able to take something that is a serious, like what could be a serious drama movie, uh, and very dark, and just puts like a satirical lens in front of it and makes it the funniest movie of the year. You have some fantastic performances by Steve Buscemi, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, Michael Palin. This is I mean, a stacked even, movie. I Absolutely think one of my favorite parts is the way that this movie opens up with the uh, like the concert, <laughs> and they're like, "Where are we mm-hmm. recording?" <laughs> uh, yeah, so it starts off, I, and you really get a sense of of the tone of yeah. this movie early on. So the concert goes on. Stalin calls. He says, uh, "It was really good. I want." the recording of it and they're like uh <laughs> shit so when they tell the the conductor hey we need to do it again because stalin wants a recording uh he passes out <laughs> <laughs> so they have to they have to find a new conductor so then you see all these this this montage of the um the kgb rounding up people and like stealing them oh. from their homes um and then you you hear this loud banging on a door as the, this this old man is like looking and seeing these people dragged out of their homes to presumably yeah. never be seen again. And he's telling his wife like I love you, I love you. And he's like putting on all of his clothes and like he opens the door and it's just this scrawny little guy that's like, "Hello, uh, <laughs> you were the closest and best conductor." This movie is great. Uh, yeah, and just goes from there. <laughs> My number twelve. Is a little movie called Isle of Dogs. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I, have you seen this one? Good <laughs> one. 
Um, I might have seen this one. It's, it's Wes Anderson's stop motion movie, beautifully filmed. Uh, it takes place in 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 like a near future. Mm-hmm. I don't know, in like a weird future, uh, where there is a canine flu, a canine flu that leads to. The mayor of J- Japan basically shipping all the dogs off to... The mayor Island. of Japan. Yeah. The mayor of Japan. The country Japan. The mayor. A mayor of a, a, <laughs> of a Japanese city. Okay. Um, and it's basically this boy's journey to track down his dog. Uh... And it's just really... Wes Anderson, I just love his movies. Like, they just make me feel so good. Yeah. Like, they're just so nice, and they're just really happy. Uh, but it's it's weird seeing, like, 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 a movie with, like, this kind of, like, style done in, like, a PG-13. Like, there's blood. Mm-hmm. There's stop-motion blood. It's weird. Mm-hmm. An ear goes flying. People are eaten alive. This boy is tortured. I'm just joking. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I also love the fucking poster for this. This is probably my favorite poster of the year. Because uh, I think it was a pretty disappointing year for posters. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll agree with that. There's been not not too many uh, not too many gold standard ones. No. Um, but this movie is just like, it's one of the most like heartwarming movies of the year. <laughs> I think. And I also got a little, uh, I got a little beaker uh, for the release of Owl of Dogs for uh, the dog serum. Which is pretty cool. Oh, that's really cute. I know. Um, number 11, for me, is A Strange One. Uh, if you would if you would have mm-hmm. told me that a horror-slash-revenge-thriller starring Nicolas Cage was going to make my top 15 oh my last God, year... Oh, made it? I would have said, you're fucking stupid. What are you, an <laughs> idiot? <laughs> and then Mandy came out. Yeah? Uh, basic premise... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this movie, uh, it's a... Nicolas Cage does LSD and goes fucking crazy in this very saturated uh, and bizarre horror world. Dude, this movie's uh It's wild. It's a trip. Uh, basic plot is Nicolas Cage's wife <laughs> gets kidnapped... By this, like, cult, this very, uh, like, Manson family type yeah. cult. Yeah. Well, technically, yeah. And then there's, like, these ghouls that ride on motorcycles. <laughs> these demons. These real-ass demons. Some some dark, evil shit. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's got such a uh, texture and grime to it. Yeah. At the beginning, some of the saturation is a little too much. By the end, is gorgeous. Um, like when they first go into the 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 church is beautiful. Um it's wild. Um Nicolas Cage fights a man with a giant chainsaw in this movie. And the other guy it's has so a longer weird. chainsaw. Uh longer it chainsaw. It also has probably the, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now, best title cards of twenty eighteen. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. They're just crazy. I want more so I want like every seven minutes to be a title title card. Uh, this yeah. movie also um, just leans really heavily into just, like, uh, things... Just pure aesthetics. Well, no, no, but, like, things being things. Like, they have, like, a little, like, horn, and it has, like, the name, like, Horn of whatever. And it's like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, 
that's not even a thing, but we're, they're just they're just going with it. Uh, also, <laughs> it's, I've heard nobody talk about crazy. this, but the ending, what the fuck? People probably haven't seen the movie, but it doesn't do anything. It's not like it, like it. It, that's it. That's just the ending shot, and it's so weird. Shut up. We're moving into your next one. My number eleven. Yeah. So my number eleven is our first movie that we'll be talking about for a second time so far, and that's Eighth Grade. Woo! Fucking. <laughs> I want to put this movie even higher. The more that I think about it, that's how I felt too. But I knew I needed it to get into the fifteen. I can't believe. I cannot believe Bo Burnham wrote the most. Like, realistic look at what it probably feels like to be, like, an 8th grade girl. Like... Yeah, yeah. I just... There are things <laughs> that, like, that he wrote that I'm just, like, I don't get how he wrote this. And it's just, like, it's one of the hard... It's very hard to watch a few of these scenes. Like, there's a scene in the back of a car that <laughs> I just want to jump into the movie. Because, like, it... And just it punch like, a couple of people. But, dude, seriously. Because, like... Uh, it's Elsie Fisher, right? Is the actress? Mm-hmm. Like, she's such a sympathetic character, and she's so just young. Like, she's an eighth grader, and like we've, yeah, I mean, most of us have been in eighth graders, and we can, we can feel what she's going through, and it is a really weird time to be a kid, and it's also really weird seeing it, see, seeing people be eighth graders with like technology being such a bigger role like when i was an eighth grader it was it was there but it wasn't or like or like rick and morty references it's it's so it's weird re- yeah but it also it doesn't feel fake no, it doesn't it feel feels so real. disingenuine like if somebody was like that the character in this was actually a real person i would believe it also best yeah. dad award goes to this guy he was f- but also most awkward dad award <laughs> oh yeah but like he's so i i loved him he was amazing uh when he has one speech in particular that I would put I would put close to in terms of dad speeches in movies I'd put it up there with Call Me by Your Name. Yeah. Um, also, when she become when she gets become becomes friends with a high school student, I was really worried, like because I just don't want bad things to happen to her, and like I thought yeah. people and sometimes they do. Yeah. Um, I just love this movie. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's so good. Also, David. Gucci. Like, it, it just cracks me up to this day. It's also so cute. Like, her little boyfriend. Oh. So I, I have a variety of sauces if you'd like to try any of them. Um, I got two <laughs> of each cup, so you can have one and I can have the other, unless you like it uh, especially, and then you can have both cups. It's just so good, dude. I fucking love this movie. We made it there, top, David. We're in the top, top ten, ten, baby. Uh Hey guys, if you want, we're going to do a video companion to this just for the top 10 where you can watch a clip from each movie too. Wow, that's cool. Check it out. <laughs> you're, I don't know how to go about really it. really sold that well. <laughs> David, let me tell you about Jeffy the Campbell? happiest movie I've ever oh, seen. The movie that's filled me with the most joy and just pure wonder. Paddington oh, 2. Holy shit. He is such a good <laughs> bear. He is so good. Um, basically, the premise of this film is uh, the very good bear Paddington wants to get a present for his grandma. And he wants it to be... Or sorry, uh, for his auntie. Oh my god. It's like I don't even care. Um, how rude. 
he wants to get a present for his auntie and he wants it to be perfect. However, things go awry, uh, leading to him he going to is prison. So good. <laughs> and it's organized beautifully. I think it's still sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it is too. Yeah. Um, there are elements of Grand Budapest Hotel, has some heavy vibes in this. It's got like every British actor you can think of. Everyone from <laughs> every Michael Gambin British actor. <laughs> to Peter Capaldi to uh, Sally Hawkins to Brandon Gleason. It's it's jam packed and it's absolutely delightful. Um, I also watched a, a video about this movie the other day talking about how he doesn't really have a character arc he just cares about people and is nice the whole time (laughs) Um, and it's so refreshing to have something like paddington 2 as opposed to movies like peter rabbit where they take a beloved childhood character and they just make him like a kind of a dick you know he like he's really he's david david he's a really he's a really good bear (laughs) so two things i have to say about paddington 2 because i haven't seen it uh, I haven't even seen the first Paddington. Uh, what led me on to buy both of these movies in like one night uh, was I saw the the mashup trailer of Paddington Two, but cut like Mission Impossible, <laughs> which was fucking amazing. <laughs> and it just made me so pumped oh. to see this bear do bear things. Uh, two, I think Paddington should host the Oscars. I'm putting that out there right now. Oh my god! Make it happen. <laughs> Whoever is listening to this, that it also has, like, a hand in the Oscars. Genius. Um, Genius. Genius. Uh, the first one, unless you're... Did you have Mark with Pangton? He's just a really good bear. Genius. I love him. So the first movie, on my number 10, is First Reformed. Starring Ethan Hawke, written and directed by Paul Schrader, uh, who also did Taxi Driver. And this is the second movie of the year to be called, like, the modern day... Taxi, Taxi driver, driver, which yeah. it's appropriate since this is also written uh, by the guy who wrote Taxi Driver. Uh, so this well, is that's a- like when Mad Max Fury Road came out, and they're like, "This is today's Babe Two Pig in the City." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, and this follows Ethan Hawke as a pastor for this small church. The church is first reformed, who basically has like a crisis of mind. And starts and heart and soul, dude. Pretty much everything. Faith. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Um, and there's this beautiful scene where he sits down with this, uh, you know, environmentalist. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say environmental activist. Uh, yeah. Who who has a who's about to be bringing a child into this world and he's having like a, a crisis of mind about whether or not it's right to bring somebody in when you n- knowing that you're bringing him into a world that is going to be better worse off uh down the line and i there's it's kind of a weird movie to explain this would be so much higher if there wasn't one scene that i just really don't like because it's just so visually strange to me and but not movie, in a good way like Mandy. No, not in a good way at all. I, it pulls me out of it so hard. Like, it just, like, grabs me by the face and, like, drags me out of the theater. And but like, every other scene in this is gorgeous. It has some yeah. of the best cinematography of the year. Oh, it's it's also the first movie we've talked about that is shot in, uh, what's that aspect ratio? Uh, 3.2, I think? Yeah. 
Um, uh, it's box. Which is square. Uh, yeah. Box ratio. Yeah. Um, and it also has the uh, the craziest ending of a movie from 2018. I think that's yeah. That's that's fact. Uh, are you I serious? Don't know. Are you, How's that Jack built? It's pretty wild. No, dude. Yeah. I think this one's so much more. So much more. This movie fucking, like, it blew my mouth. Like, I walked out of the theater into my car. My mouth was still on the floor. In the theater. It just kept dragging. Well, okay, but Batman Ninja ended <laughs> with a bunch of little monkeys that could join and become a very big monkey. So that was really? also that, kind does of Does that actually weird. happen? It uh, sure does. Uh, also, I'm going to say now, Ethan Hawke, give him the Oscar. He's not even... I don't even know if he's going to get nominated, but I think he deserves the Oscar for this. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's uh, yeah. number nine. Number nine on my list uh, is Peter Jackson's documentary. Oh. They shall not grow old. Mm, nice. Um, Describe the, this one a little bit because this one needs a little bit of an explanation because it only got like a two day release in theaters. Yes. Um. So it is a huge restoration project. Huge. Um. Next uh, level archive footage from World War One. Yeah, World War One. Yeah, you know the one that was over a hundred years ago. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> footage from then that was first taken uh, and retimed because it was all manual hand cranks. Then it was um, basically undirtied. You know, they cleaned up the image. Then they uh, colorized it. Then they uh, redid audio. Fucking crazy. Um, where they like had professional lip readers, and then actors that would match the specific like regional dialect of the people. Um, they had they used real things from the the actual war, like tanks, things like that, and ran them through the mud again to get better soundscaping there. And then the mad the mad lad did make it three D. <laughs> He did? I didn't even yeah. know that. That's crazy. <laughs> because he didn't do enough already. Um, how long... Do we know how long all is, this... Like, how long he's been working on this? Uh, I... Like, years. Okay. I mean, I have to imagine it was um, a very long time, because... It's... it's th- well, that's why he didn't pay any fucking attention to Mortal Engines. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that came out this year. Oh. What a weird... What a weird um, movie. There's there's a lot to to unpack with this movie. It is heartbreaking. Um, the only voices you ever hear are actual interviews with people from the battlefield. It's not any historical experts or battle analysis. It's just the actual people that were there telling you their day-to-day life. Um, sometimes it's very funny. Other times it's truly, truly horrifying even more so because it's you actually see it as actual people now. It, it, it there was a huge disconnect before because it was black and white and it would just be like a group photo. You couldn't even see faces. In this one, you can see um, at the end of the trench, you can see all the bugs crawling on the corpses. You see every single painful detail. Um, there are some points where it gets a little overwhelming with the dialogue. Um, there's one sequence in particular that is absolutely horrifying where they talk about the deaths um, of, of mm-hmm. some of the most horrific deaths uh, in, in the trench. 
And it's juxtaposed with these smiling faces of people that we had seen throughout before. And it shows them and then just a body. And it cuts between like that. Because they don't have actual footage of like the battle, really. Um, there's not... It's it's a real experience this to watch. This is probably one of my biggest um, misses in theaters. Because the day I heard about it, I tried to get tickets. And it was already all sold out for both days. And... Yeah, um, they added they added more days yeah. and they sold out immediately too. Um, Let me just say you have to see it. It's it's one that I think is essential. It's weird ranking it because it feels yeah. so different from every other film on this. Um, the last thing I want to say too about much this too more is I want that to jump into with this, I saw this the trailer for this before the mule, and the trailer is better than the mule. <laughs> that was the best part of my viewing experience that day. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, the the first transition cool. into like the fully restored footage is blew my fucking mind because that's in the trailer. It's mind blow. It's it, like, so much more in the actual theater in three D. It's it's crazy. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Uh, what's what's your next film? My next one is The Death of Solon. Um, so good. <laughs> so so good. This one you saw early on in the year. Yep, I saw it when it came out. And you said it was really good, and I just. I just slept on it for so long. And like probably maybe a month ago or so, mm-hmm. I finally got around to watching it and it killed me. It just, it's so good. It's so fucking funny. It's like, I can say it's funny and it just, it does no credit to the movie because it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So political, like, it's political honestly, satire about the race for power after Stalin. Yeah. There, like there's a scene where, where Stalin, you know, has his heart attack. That's yeah. what killed him, right? It was a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, get a doctor. And they're like, well, we killed all the doctors. <laughs> it's just so fucking yeah, funny. But with, with such it's a so dark, dark undertone and super and, serious moments. And perfect delivery. Like, everybody is just perfectly saying their lines. And it just, like, plays off of each other. There's some guards who are watching the doors. And they're like, w- somebody tells them to stay there. And they just end up staying there for like, the entire movie. <laughs> It's just so good. There's a funeral scene that is so good. One thing, one like, thing that might be a little weird at first for people going into this, um, everyone is in their native accent, all the actors. They're not putting on a Russian accent a at Russian all. Accent. So you have American accents. You have British accents. It, you, it's all mixed together. And at first it's kind of weird, but I think it helps overall. You know, it makes the delivery sharper. They're not having to also, like, muddle an accent with it. You're just getting the sharp delivery. It's also... It's just a really fun movie to watch, like, the the scrambling for power after, like, the head of State Falls. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. And the way they all try to, like, suck up to Stalin's kids. <laughs> it's just so... It's just so fun. Uh, also... What's his face who plays the sun? Um, What's his Rupert Find Friend. Friend. Rupert Friend? Something like that. He he killed it. Yeah. He was so funny. His spit scene. (laughs) Oh my god, it just slayed. Oh my god. So good. Um, Okay, what is your number eight? Number eight is a strange one. Is this the second time you said it's a strange one? You said that about Mandy, too. Uh, the, Mandy, this... I don't know. Okay, so here's... Is this one stranger than Mandy? 
it's more grounded, and therefore I think yes. Hmm. Um, I don't even know what that means. I'm very confused right now. So, <laughs> this takes place uh, in Zambia. Um, a eight-year-old girl shows up in a town, out of, seemingly out of nowhere, and is accused of witchcraft. This leads into the film, I Am Not a Witch. Um, what? So a small girl gets accused of witchcraft, right? And witchcraft... This is, this is a modern day film. It takes place present day. The way the witchcraft works in this movie is fascinating. So you have, you have some great visual cues. You have these giant ribbons, like these gigantic spindles that they're all attached to so that they don't fly away. So you just have these long ribbons always flowing by all the, all the witches. Um, they rule over court decisions. Um, it's, it's so strange, but it is absolutely gorgeous. I, I literally haven't even heard of this movie. Um, no, it is absolutely gorgeous from start to stop. Um, the main girl has this beautiful, quiet subtlety to her. Um, they, she has this, um government advisor protector guardian kind of guy um who is he's doing his best and he doesn't always do it good um so it's funny but it's also it's very strange i don't know it's it's fascinating it is probably one of the most interesting movies i've seen all year (laughs) what's it called again i am not a witch Hmm. absolutely Um, gorgeous directed or like is there anyone like any names attached to it that I would no I wouldn't know okay well interesting <laughs> no. uh, wait, uh, wait, it's, where it's technically a UK film um, but it's all in uh, it, none of it's really any there's a couple of lines that are in English but most is not where where do you see it uh, you can get it on Amazon Prime okay cool um really weird I I expect it's best, definitely to be... look more into it yeah I was gonna say like. I'm sh- I'm I'm very surprised. Watch when the video; the it's gonna have up. some dope visuals. <laughs> uh, my number eight is the movie I saw uh, the most in theaters. I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that was right. <laughs> okay. uh, and that is Mission Impossible: Fallout. Wow, uh, this movie is such a fucking ride. To to put it's, it to paraphrase. Uh, Nick Frost. What? It is a no-holds-barred, adrenaline-fueled thrill ride. Yeah, it really is. Um, Can you give me the basic plot? So basically, the basic plot is some nuclear arms get into the hands of some bad guys, and Ethan, Ethan Hunt and the rest of the IMF try to track it down, uh, this time kind of being handcuffed by the CIA... Uh, and try to get him back. I mean, it's it's a very cliche. Like, there's nothing about any of the Mission Impossible stories that are very like groundbreaking as far as this, as far as like the plot goes. You know, but the action's impeccable. Uh, action is insane. But so this is the the first time that a director has returned on a Mission Impossible movie because Tom Cruise likes to bring in a new director for each movie. 
But this is the first time that we had Christopher McQuarrie return to do a second film, and he topped himself by creating the best Mission Impossible movie to date, which I think previously it was still Rogue Nation that was also the best. So he topped himself twice. Yeah. Wait, yeah. It's wild. Uh, all the action. It's literally like, I, there's no way you could make this more intense. And then they do it, and then that happens like ten more times. I mean, there's like a motorcycle chase scene that's insane. Tom Cruise jumps out of a fucking plane. He does a halo jump, yeah, which it's, is it's insane. Uh, he, he, I think he flew the helicopter. Yep. That's insane. <laughs> uh, he climbs up a rope on a helicopter. That's also insane. Henry Cavill's like, mustache. I'm going to say, worth it. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. I'm sorry. We can sacrifice Justice League to the movie gods, and uh, it, yeah, it paid off. Um, Henry Cavill. Also, I like him so much. I I don't know if I want him to say Superman because I like him as Superman, or if I want him to just get off that so he can start. Doing I just more. want him to get money. <laughs> I just want him to make movie like Man from Uncle. Not the best movie, but I just enjoyed him in it. Him in this, I fucking loved him in this. Um, and then we also have like like the. Uh, franchise favorites for turning so we have simon Pegg, rebecca ferguson ving rames uh alec baldwin is great uh, jeremy renner just everybody it just yeah. delivers it, like if you're going to the movie wanting an action movie this is it but tom cruise also notoriously broke his ankle in or while filming the movie uh jumping building to building and the shot where he broke his ankle, ends up in the movie. He runs yeah. on it. He fucking, he finishes the scene. You see his face break the ankle, and then you see him pull himself up and run off camera. He does like, not know how to quit. No, he doesn't. That's the power of Scientology. <laughs> uh, let's move on to number seven. Uh, this is one that I, th- I was pretty surprised by how much mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um Ooh. It made me buy a PS4. What? And buy a, a new game. Is this so... Uh, uh, this is Spider-Man into the Ooh. Spider-Verse. Um, basic <laughs> premise is... Well, we know, we know the basic premise of, of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But, um, plot twist, we don't what know, we don't know pre- oh, is Miles Morales. Um, oh. who, who, who's that? Is another Spider-Man and another Spider-Man, meet, another Spider-Man, more Spider-Man in this one. Oh. It's an animated feature, absolutely gorgeous from start to finish, with uh, sharp humor, a big heart, and uh, all around a great time. Th- so there's a scene in this movie uh, <laughs> where Peter Parker picks up a bagel. <laughs> and then he, he gives the bagel to Miles Morales as they run out of a building chased by evil scientists. And Miles Morales throws the bagel. And it hits somebody. And the little sound noise that it makes just says, bagel. <laughs> and it's just so good. It's just so fucking good. Um, the bagel makes a bagel noise. <laughs> this so is so good. I think, honestly, the best you can get for a comic book movie. In terms of not losing the comic book charm, um, there are, like, this texture that a lot of comic books have. It has, um, of, like, the little dots that are in the background, it uses panels and uh, written sound effects gorgeously. It's so good. Um, You have a fantastic all-around cast. You have 
Chris Pine is in this movie. You got um, <laughs> Nicolas Cage as a black and white Spider-Man who's like a detective, like a noir detective. You have uh, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy or Gwanda as she's first introduced <laughs> as, which is in a, a, a hilarious scene. Yeah. You have John Mulaney as Spider-Ham. He's a pig. Uh, yeah. You got Mahershala Ali as uh, the uncle to mm-hmm. uh, Miles Morales. And then you have Shameik Moore, who I really loved in Dope. And then he was just kind of off the scene. Like, I know he did the Get Down on Netflix, but I never watched that. Uh, and he just, he brings it as Miles Morales. Yeah. He, uh, Brian... Brian, Brian... Brian Tyree Henry as the father. Yeah. It's so good from start to finish. It is gorgeous. Um, my uh, significant other is studying animation, and when I was watching this a second time with them, hearing them like gasp and seeing their eyes full of wonder at certain scenes in this movie and how gorgeous they were, honestly, I just like I have nothing but love for this film. Yeah. It is near uh, perfect. My number seven <clears throat> is. Um, Steve McQueen's Widows. Wow, that's pretty high. It is pretty high. I really like this movie. I'm kind of shocked with how low it is on your list. But that's still in top 15, so get off my dick. But I also have not seen it this multiple times, so I don't know if what you said is true about it losing its strength with multiple viewings. Parts of it really do. uh, Yeah, so I think this has one of the most intimidating villains of the year from Daniel Kaluuya. And it is just led by a super strong cast of females. Uh, widows, specifically. Um, and it's got just a knockout performance from uh, Elizabeth Debicki. And then also Cynthia Erivo gets her second amazing role of the year mm-hmm. uh, following After... up Bad Time at the El Royale, where... Yep. I think she was the star of that movie. Absolutely. Right, maybe Chris Hemsworth was the star of that movie, but she was like a close runner-up. Um, and I don't. I think those are her. I think those are her first two movies she ever. Uh, so she's really making a name for herself. And then just all the side characters who are, as you originally said, like fully fleshed out characters, are just so interesting. There are so many movies that could have been made about any of these characters, and we got this one like there could have been a prequel to this movie about the husbands and about their involvement with you know uh colin farrell's father and him and it's just so interesting and it's just it's a perfectly fleshed out movie um Um, there's so many there's so many parts of this movie that in any other hands would be a b movie it would just suck you know it's it's a a heist film where the widows take up after their husbands die you know, it tries to weave in a political intrigue plot, like side plot. In any other hands than Steve McQueen, I think it would fall flat on its face. Yeah, but it's this a genre, is a master at work. It's a genre film made by one of the best working directors today. And God, this this is to heist films what David Fincher did for Gone Girl. Yeah. Where it easily could have sucked, that kind of plot, but when you have a master at the helm, it comes out phenomenal. Mm-hmm. 
Alrighty, what is your number six? Number six is one that I wanted to see for a while, and then you saw before me, oh. and I was very upset because then I couldn't watch it for a while. Um, this is Blind Spotting. Oh. Um, number six. What movie Hold is your that? horses. Mm. Calm down. Mm. <laughs> Almost made my top five. Fuck oh. off. Mm. Interesting. No comment. No comment. David. <laughs> uh, so number six. Blind Spotting actually didn't make my list. Fuck you, David. I'm changing it up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Number six um. is The Mule. <laughs> Dude, number six is Happy Time Murders. Uh, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy delivers in this hilarious puppet ranch. Mm. <laughs> All right, say your piece. Say your piece. The basic premise of Blind Spotting is a uh, man who is on parole and only has a few days left um, witnesses a unarmed black man get shot by the police. Um, afterwards, he has these pretty intense nightmare sequences as well as having to cope with the struggles of uh, his best friend and the actions that led him to be on parole mm-hmm. um, it has this gorgeous rippling effect throughout the whole movie um, the symbolism in this movie the cinematography the acting everything is spot on um, it has a very similar approach to how get out felt for me where certain things did not feel significant the first time watching, rewatching it, you see exactly how every single little bit weaves in. Um, yeah. Things like a tree stump at a uh, well-to-do software executive's house party. How that mm-hmm. tree stump like means so much to the actual core of this movie. Yeah, one of the most intense ending sequences I've ever seen. Um, one of the scariest jogging scenes I've yeah. ever seen. Uh, some of the best use of music uh, as storytelling in a non-musical. Um, it is an absolute masterclass in potent filmmaking. Also, there's a little cameo from uh, my boy George Watsky in this movie. There is. I know, which really <laughs> makes me happy. Uh, yeah, because I love Watsky. Um, that was your number six? My number six is another uh, music-based movie, uh, and that is A Star is Born. Wow. So this is like the fourth iteration of this story. Uh, it's basically about a, you know, a successful musician who meets a person who also has <laughs> musical talent. A person. A person, uh, played by Lady Gaga, uh, and, you know, kind of helps her get a chance to make a name for herself and then she blows up and you get to see a star being born. Um, I think it's just such a beautiful movie. I have not cried this hard in a theater since ever. Uh, I was like a fucking like sopping towel when I left this theater. <laughs> and here's the thing. They don't even care. Everybody was. Like, I, I swear to you, if you exit this theater... Everybody's crying. <laughs> Everybody's fucking crying their little ass off, dude. Uh, the music <laughs> scenes. Their little ass off. Their little ass. Their titty butts. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> if, I haven't said this yet. This is directed by Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's such a weird thing to say As a that. directorial debut, uh, this is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
There, this, this year had so many directorial debuts that just fucking blew me away. Um, I, there's also this great first scene where she first gets pulled onto stage, and I'm telling you, goosebumps every single time, without a doubt. It's such a perfect... Lady Gaga, huge star. It's so amazing to see her performance playing this person who hasn't really been on stage before. And then it's weird to see Bradley Cooper, who isn't a musician, just, like, feel so natural and looks so good up there. Uh, also, a great performance by Sam Elliott. And I have been saying this since I first saw a trailer for it. Dave Chappelle. I think Dave Chappelle does a great yeah, job. Yeah, what the hell? Dave Chappelle, where Dude, you been? Like... <laughs> There was like a little like like a, probably like a TV trailer of his little lot like dialogue part, and I was like fucking a Dave Chappelle is bringing it. Give him the Oscar, uh, but apparently Sam Elliott's <laughs> gonna take home the Oscar instead. He's like, oh sorry Dave, I'm gonna take this home, uh, but it's still for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't What's know. happening? But uh, Sam Elliott, the first time I saw this, I thought he was the dad. Uh, like until you find out that he's the brother, because like. That's such an age <laughs> difference, dude. Uh, I also... I just want to know if they wrote the line that Bradley Cooper was taking his voice uh, before or after they cast Sam Elliott. Because, like, it's so clearly Samuel Elliott's voice that he's going for. Yeah. Uh, fucking love this movie. Also, the soundtrack kills. Listen to it all the time. Some of the songs are a little lame. Like, the Gene <laughs> song, not that good. Uh, the Emmy scene in this just crushes me. And it's like... Grammy. Grammy. Uh, whatever. If it's not the Oscars, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, uh, the Grammy scene in this movie just crushes me every single time I watch it. It's I I did laugh a little bit dude, in that scene. It's just scene. so hard to watch. Like <laughs> it's it kind of funny. But like once you turn twenty one and uh, you see what alcohol does to people, and like when people like like literally can't control them, and like it's just it's so hard to watch. You learn. You learn. Once you pee yourself on stage, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. At the Grammys. Fourth time. Fourth time been there. Um, what? <laughs> Alrighty, so we are finally cracking into the fucking, the perfect juice on this pineapple. Top five. We're in top five territory. Give me a scene. <laughs> what? What is that intro? What even just work, happened work there? Work with it. Jesus. Suck the juice out. All right. Suck the um, suck the juice out. Fuck it. Uh, the raw dog. <laughs> that's that's uh, McConaughey's uh, line from a uh, beach bum. <laughs> In case you're wondering, doesn't matter. Keep going. You can cut all that out. <laughs> there were a lot of bad Netflix what? movies this year. Okay. I was like, uh, I think you're in the wrong five. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but there was one really, really fucking Private great life? Netflix movie. Um, oh, damn it. Sorry. No? Mm, I, I think I know what it's going to be. I think I just uh, finished watching it. Uh, you sure did. You almost know, did watch it. Literally, as soon as this movie got released, I put it onto my list because I knew I was going to watch it. And then I was like... I literally watched it as I was reloading Netflix. And then it was like the day before we were recording. I was like, fuck, I have to watch this now. I don't know why I slept on it so much. I just really... I I had to see it. (laughs) I had been planning on watching Um. this at my brother's place 
for the longest time because he has the best TV and sound system that I know, and that's what I was going for. Uh, and then it just never happened. Uh, so this is Alfonso Caron's new picture, Roma. Wait a second. I thought um, we were talking about... Oh, fuck. Wrong movie. Think of think of one Netflix movie to make a joke out of. Come on. You can do it. I was going to say uh, that uh, the, the, the night... The games for The us night all. comes for us? Yeah. Yeah. But I forgot what it was called. It. I was going to go 77 July or whatever it is. <laughs> 22 July? What, same thing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> do you not... <laughs> Steven. They'll remember me when this I'm done. This movie... This movie just <laughs> holy shit. This movie uh, follows a domestic worker mm-hmm. um, in 1970s Mexico City. Mm. So there's a lot of political turmoil in the background, oh, yeah. but it really follows this intimate story of the relationships that this main the main girl Chloe has. Um. Absolutely gorgeous from stop to yeah, finish. It's um, by far the Alfonso Cuarón has outdone himself in making it so goddamn pretty. It's just really fun watching somebody with so much confidence move the camera. Yeah, because like it just every single movement is it's just so fucking confident. He just like there's he knows how good it looks. There's a part where it's just staring at the floor during opening credits. And it's Dude, gorgeous. As soon as I saw that and the water splashes out, I was like, Oscar, give him five. Fuck it, I don't care. Give him all the Oscars. <laughs> all the Oscars goes to him for um, that shot. But but underneath all all the all the beautiful camera work and is a dog that shoots a lot. Is this gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous central This story. dog puts so much, dude. It's <laughs> a lot of dog shit. Like, uh, like it's just like it's not natural. I don't know how that dog eats so much, but that dog's taking like twelve shits a day. <laughs> so all in all just because i can't i can't give a serious review now because you've done ruined it with all the dog shit and people step in the dog shit so often like when i see dog shit i don't aim for it these people this are aiming is for it. absolutely gorgeous and emotional <laughs> and beautiful did you know and i wouldn't be surprised if it won best picture at the oscars david talk about your number five did you know that a lot of roma like, the character is actually based off of Alfonso Cuaron's uh, actual, like, nanny? Yes. Yeah. He, uh, he tra- what Alfonso Cuaron said about this film is that every single thing in is it in this movie like, is from memory. Uh, and he tried to buy the rights to her, like, her life story, and she wouldn't take any money for it, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah, no, 100% though, this movie is winning Best Cinematography. My number five is another direct- directorial debut... From Ari Aster, who is now just added the names of directors I watch forever, and that's Hereditary. Um, this movie deals with loss in a family. It starts off very much as a family drama. This family, right after the death of the mother's, uh, the mother's mother, so the grandmother, mother's mother, the mother's mother. <laughs> Sorry, um, and some weird shit starts happening, and it's fucking so. It has some of the best scares. Some of the best. Some of the best. Tony Collette is phenomenal. Yes. I knew who she was before this, but now she is a household name. I have her picture in six different frames in my room. Do you? <laughs> no. Also, who knew that the Wolf Brothers, one of them could actually act? Because the other one can't. <laughs> but this one kind of can. Um, also, 
scariest Millie? scene in a car since uh, Jackie. Dude, that car scene is next level. Just fucking, dude. It is like, it is, it is probably the second best scene of the entire year. Damn. Uh, It's fucking just like, I, I just like, it's, when I think of it now, it still just like blows me away. It just like perfectly set up from like every single point. Millie Shapiro scares the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> if I saw her walking down a road, I'd run her over. I wouldn't do that because she actually looks kind of cute in like her like actual photos. But like in this movie, if I saw this one walking with like a little figurine and some scissors, I'd run a her bird. over. Actually, I'd probably turn around. I'd be like, fuck this. I'm moving. I'm done with this city. Uh, also, the ending, the way that the ending just handles, like, getting information across is so impressive. They don't, they don't dumb it down. They don't dilly the dally. They, they expect you to just be looking and paying attention and seeing things that, that lead you to make the assumption that this is what that is. And just props to Ari Aster. Uh, also, the dad, he's, he's nice, he's a nice guy. He's a pretty <laughs> nice dude. Um... There's a scene in the trailer for this where Millie Shapiro and Tony Collette's face, like, dissolve into each other. Fucking grossest shot. Thank God that's not in the movie. <laughs> Love this movie. Also, there's a bird. Rest in peace, bird. <laughs> Rest in peace, bird. Fucking um, love that movie, dude. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man was so good that I bought a PS4 and a video game. This next movie was so good, I bought the screenplay. Oh, nice. This Ooh. next movie is also a directorial debut from Boots Riley. It is Sorry to Bother You. Oh, wow. Holy shit. This is four? This is number four. Holy uh, This was number God. one for a very long time. Basic premise of this film is Lakeith Stanfield lives in a very strange version of Oakland, okay? Um, there is the these posters around talking about a company called Worry Free that is from everything looks like this uh, very, very over-the-top farce equivalency of modern-day slavery. They're, everyone's favorite TV show in this world is a show called I Got the Shit Kicked Out of Me. Um, he gets a job at a telemarketing agency, um, not because he has a lot of skills, but because he can read and he has ambition. Um <laughs> He then excels in at his job when he is informed by old Danny Glover to use a white voice. Um, this white voice is an overdubbed actor's voice uh, that basically changes his identity. This movie is wildly original, insanely bonkers, uh, <laughs> and a, a fantastic satire. There, There's a point in this movie where it goes from crazy... To super duper crazy. Um, and like at that it's point like, it's not horsing around. It is insane. <laughs> <laughs> this movie. It, it, like if you were trying to get drunk. This movie went from like drinking water. To like b hooking up like 12 IVs of moonshine. Yeah. Um, you have a just insane premise that could have been awful could have been stupid i mean he really turns into like a real workhorse <laughs> stop it <laughs> it is a fantastic storytelling it's no holds barred it's absolutely buck wild it is insane um 
you have fantastic supporting <laughs> cast. You have Army Hammer. You have Tessa Thompson. Um, Danny Glover. Terry Crews even shows up. Stephen Young. He does. It is. It's amazing. Um, I. I love that you love this movie. <laughs> like it. It makes me happy how much you like this movie, because I saw this movie. I experienced this movie, and uh, call me a horse, but it just didn't connect. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it's just such a crazy movie. I don't know. Like, it's just so fucking crazy. It's pretty wild. It's worth. It's well worth a watch. Not everyone will De- like this definitely. movie, but it's well worth a watch. No, I yeah. It's it's something to experience. Uh, my number four comes from. Uh, Mr. Barton Bartlayton, who did The Imposter, which is one of the craziest Fantastic. documentaries you'll see. Uh, and this is kind kind of a documentary? N- uh, not really? Kind of? It's, it's weird. It's different. Uh, the, the premise is that you have these four college students or college-age kids um, uh, in the early 2000s, and they plan to rob the art library at one of the schools. It stars two of my, like, favorite younger actors, Evan Peters and Barry Keegan. Um, Keegan from... Michael Key, yeah. What? Barry... Uh, from Key and Peele. What? (laughs) Barry Keegan. What? No. No, 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 no. (laughs) This is the guy who always looks weird. He just has a weird-looking face. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's a phenomenal actor from, uh... Dunkirk, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, that's what that's what I was looking for. Um, he's the guy who falls down and uh, Dunkirk and dies. He falls and dies. People are like fighting a fucking war and he falls and dies. Um, he trips on sorry. a boat. R.I.P. Sorry. <laughs> um, this movie, best poster, best poster of the year. It's a weird poster. I don't think I actually think a lot of people like it. I love this poster. Um, it is such a good thriller because the heist. Is like when you see most movies, you're like, "Fuck yeah, the heists are so cool!" Like, I can't wait to like do that. I would love to be in the getaway car. This one, I want no part of. Yeah, <laughs> zero parts. It's not fun. It doesn't look fun. It's dirty. It's gross. Uh, it's just I don't want it. Like, and it's it's intense, dude. Also, it steals the uh, the opening shot from The Dark Knight. Uh, sure it does. The, it really does. <laughs> um, the thing but, the thing that's super impressive about this film that I loved. Is it takes what could be a college set uh, heist movie and turns it into a kind of existential um, dissection of the American dream. Mm-hmm. 100%. And the way it weaves in uh, more traditional documentary style looks into it's it. It's fascinating. Um, one thing I also really liked about this movie is it's use of memory because it is coming from the people who actually committed the crime it's coming from their story like they're telling this to you as it happens and unfolds and the way you see different people's memories play out differently i think is just so well done i know you weren't as hot on that as i was but i fucking loved it i thought it was so cool yeah no it's a fantastic film yeah uh and then it also has i think it tries i think he tries to pull what he did with the imposter with the way it ends. Uh, he tries to pull it in this one. I don't think it connects as well, but it right. still connects. 
he he got to like second base. He didn't fucking hit it out of the park. Yeah, he didn't. He he only touched my titty. He yeah. Well, wait, what? Second uh, base. What is your... <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's your second base. I have no idea. What's your third? Uh, I'd be interested to see if this is also your number three. Oh. I have a sneaking suspicion it is. Uh, this is Yorgos Lanthimos' new film. <laughs> this is my number three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> Dude, fuck yeah. Um, so, basic premise is you have Queen Anne, uh, who is this childlike queen. Who is, she acts obnoxiously, um, and at first look unreasonably. Um, and there are two people that are vying for her favoritism. Um, that is Lady Marbler, played by Rachel Weisz, um, who is already established and is, has a very intimate relationship with the queen. Um, then newcomer Emma Stone comes in um, and basically shows up covered in mud and asks for a job. They kind of battle with this fantastic wit between the two of them um, back and forth. And then you learn more about the kind of troubling history of Queen Anne. It's actually very Absolutely sad. fantastic from start to finish. So I had said that The Death of Solemn may have like the wittiest uh, screenplay of the mm-hmm. year. This one is just, like, so... It's a fucking, like, flaming yawn. It's just, like, so delicious. And just, like... <laughs> it's just, like, perfect. Like, it's almost like watching um, an Aaron Sorkin script where everybody has the perfect comeback. They just know exactly what to say. Yes. That's this. Every, it's insane. Like, Nicholas Holt's character... Oh, my God. He just, like... <laughs> it's like he's been thinking about things to say for, like, a month. Because... And, like, uh, passed it with a committee. Uh, Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weiss. Hands down, this is the best trio of 2018. Every Absolutely. single one of them brings it. They just give it their all. They all deserve an Oscar. It's well, unfortunate. Not even, not even just the central three. Every performance in this movie is incredible. From, oh, yeah. All the way from Olivia Coleman to Horatio, the fastest duck in the city. <laughs> um, it's just... I think this is hands down Yorgos Lanthimos's best film and the easiest one to recommend to other people. Yeah, it filled to the brim with stabbing wit. Uh, it's got clever manipulation and intense plotting. It like I I left it just grinning with this intense <laughs> grim. I don't know how to how to really. <clears throat> this get could that have been across. my number one. If the person next to me didn't fall asleep and start snoring halfway through the movie, <laughs> uh, but I've. I, I don't get how you fall asleep during this. Um, also, this, I think, is the runner-up, or the only one that can give Roma a shot for best cinematography. Yeah. Um, I think this also it's, could have been my number one. It's edgy without being obnoxious, majestic without being pretentious, and dense without being unbearable. Yes. Uh, also, best production design. It's just so, so beautiful. Uh, all shot with natural lighting. Which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, take that, uh, Red uh, uh, Inuarto. <laughs> Ale- Alejandro Inuarto. Couldn't remember his name. Uh-huh. Yeah, take that, the Revenant. I'll say that again. That was really good. Um, oh, wow. I can't <laughs> believe we had the same number three. Yeah, that's pretty good. What is your number two gonna be? What the fuck? Number two, uh, this film won the Palm Door at Cannes. Uh, this one is 
shoplifters. Holy shit. You saw this today. And it's your number two? Yeah, it's so... It's so good. Wow. It's so good, Dave. Um, basic premise is you have this kind of... This strange strange family. Doctor Strange. Um, his no. daughter and his wife. <sighs> yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch um, really knocks so out the So this kind of... Jesus fucking Christ. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm gonna shit on your favorite movie Mine? so much. No, you're not. You don't even know what it is. I, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Pretty sure I mentioned it I, I already. I told you when I said my number one that you thought it was fell out of the top 15. <laughs> I, no, I know I you're lying. It. I did the same thing with Blade Runner. <laughs> Can't uh, trick the trickster. My number one has Shia LaBeouf in it. Oh my god. Is it really? <laughs> Finish what you were saying. It's a strange group of, of family members, I guess, <laughs> um, that do petty crime constantly. They're always deceiving others as well as each other. It's basically, um, Is it basically like The Handmaiden, um, but like about the family? Because that family all steals stuff, right? Oh. Not, not quite. Um, so when, after they do, um, this very, this wonderfully dramatic, very Ocean's 8-esque. I don't know. Why did I say Ocean's 8? Very Ocean's really 11-esque. Like Ocean's 8. <laughs> uh, grocery store yeah. heist. Um, <laughs> which is, it's strange that one of the best heist sequences was set in a grocery store this year. Funny. Um, <laughs> They find a small uh, five-year-old girl who's just sitting by her own in the middle of the night. And so they they ask her if if she wants some food, and they they bring her back to the house to keep her warm. And they decide, okay, in the morning we're going to take her back. So they figure out where, um, where she would probably live, and they hear this intense argument going on about how the 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 parents were supposed to you were supposed to be looking after her i never even wanted her do you think i wanted her um and just this kind of heartbreaking thing to overhear and they decide to turn back around and keep her in the family it is heartbreaking and there's it's so dense (laughs) there's so much that happens in it it is there's so many moments in the movie that you think if they just went a slightly different way, things would end up better for certain characters. Um, or if they would have told this this truth sooner, or if this person would have accepted love sooner. Um, each member of the family is a fully realized, intensely, deeply rooted emotional character that you are always learning new things about. Can you... I, so I don't know why, but I just, like, I'm just not interested in this movie. And I don't know why. Like, I'm probably sleeping on this movie hardcore. I probably would love this movie if I saw it. But, like, yes. what is it? Like, can you compare it to another movie? Is there something that, it, like, it reminded you of? Uh, it is The Florida Project, but you don't think that what the parents are doing is as bad as it is. Um, so in the Florida Project, it was very clear 
when we're watching it, we can tell, hey, no, this is actually yeah. awful. You don't really know how bad everything is until the kids mm. do. You know, you, you get the, the children are told things like okay. uh, two hours. Children are told things like um, only you, it's fine to the if it's in a store, it doesn't really belong to anything. You just have to make sure that the owner doesn't go bankrupt. So don't steal mm. too much. And then it gets to points of like where, when do they cross that line? <clears throat> have they crossed that line before? Uh, is it a kidnapping? It's, there's so many things at work that, and, and balancing between each other. Um, it's, it's so yeah. good. Um, I haven't fully had time to process my full thoughts on this. To be able to convey it in a good way. We did just see it like what, like eight hours ago. Uh, yeah, not um, even. I don't know. I... It's it's fantastic. My number two is the movie I wasn't even excited for. I thought it looked kind of stupid. I thought the animation from like the little bit I saw didn't really excite me. Holy fuck, was I wrong? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the perfect Spider-Man movie. It's the perfect superhero movie. It's Hell the yeah. perfect comic book movie. It Fuck yeah, Spider-Boy. It's so fucking good. Spider-Man is my favorite uh, superhero. In this movie, perfectly, like 100% encapsulates why. Uh, it also has, hands down, I think, the best Stan Lee cameo which actually absolutely crushed me in the theater be- because it's just so shortly following his death. Um, it's got some super interesting interpretations of famous uh, Spider-Man villains, such as Kingpin. I think it's it works. I think there's a lot of things here that they, they clearly swung hard on, and I think they connected with everything. Um, uh, Miles Morales is such... A relatable character. I have never felt closer to a like a movie character than him in this thing. When he's singing to himself but doesn't know the fucking lines, it's, it's like I was like that's how I sing to the songs. Like I, I always get made fun of because I don't know any of the words to anything I'm singing to. Um, watching him struggle with the powers, I think the only gripe people can have with this movie is that he learns everything super quickly. Like that, he's got it once he gets it. I'm not. I don't have an issue with that. Honestly. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man Noir fucking hits it out of the park. Nicolas Cage, in one year, voices both Spider-Man and Superman. Dude's a legend. Uh, he also, like, improved all of his lines in this movie. I think that's amazing. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Every single time I think of Nicolas Cage in a sound booth trying to come up with lines for Spider-Man Noir, fucking amazing. Um... How good do you think Solo would have been if Chris Lord and Phil Miller? I think would have I would remember been able that that actually came out this year. They've, yeah, Twenty One Jump Street. So you got Twenty One Jump Street. You got Lego Movie. You got Lego Batman, and now you got yeah. Spider Verse. Um, I also think what the fuck the play on having Chris Pine and Jake Johnson play like two side two sides of the same coin. I think is so so You're perfect. perfect. Yeah. It's just like fucking amazing. <laughs> um, also, the scene where Miles is finally suited up 
and jumps off that building with the music playing. It is one of the best theater moments ever. It just fucking gets me so hyped. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm coming back here to watch this movie again, which I did. Um, I love that. I love it all. Um, I think watching watching Miles with his uncle is just like so heartwarming. And like the scene with the uncle at the end is just like, oh my god. And like the fact that they actually went for it in a kids movie is insane. This isn't a kids movie. It's a it's a it's an everyone movie. Everyone should see this in theaters. I, I salute this animation. Like it just works. Like it shouldn't work. I I wasn't excited for this at all. And it just fucking works on every single level. We've only seen one other movie go this hard into a comic book style. And that was Ang Lee's The Hulk. That shit didn't work. It was interesting. Did not Ooh, work. I know, but like that's, that really, a like, great that's comparison. the other, only other movie that did the panel style. This movie fucking did it. This movie just perfectly, perfectly marinated everything. It fucking cared for it. It was like bow, but it didn't eat the baby at the end. Worked. <laughs> um, I fucking love this movie. Also, I kind of really like Sunflower. It's a pretty sweet song. I don't, like, I just can't stop listening yeah, to it. right? This movie makes me so happy. This movie makes me, what? Like, what's up, Danger? Are you talking to what's me? What's up, Danger? Uh, oh. What's it's up, another Danger? song from the movie. Yeah, David, yeah, what so the is, fuck? like, All Girls Lie or something like that. All Girls Are Dangerous. Um, really weird song. I'm not even joking. That's a song in the movie. Um, <laughs> I also think... What are you- Every single spinoff that they want to do with this movie, I can't wait. I want to see a Spider-Man movie. I want to see the sequel to this movie. It all makes me so excited. Like, every single fucking character is amazing. I think the play on, like, like Doc Ock is so cool. It just makes me so happy. Um, we're, we're, down, we're down to it. The number one. Um, the number one. Well, here's my feel? guess, is that both of I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty confident in the fact that we both know what each other's movie is, mainly because <laughs> I, gave you, I gave you a lot of clues onto what mine is, uh, <laughs> the Shia LaBeouf one being the biggest clue. Um, it's it's absolutely not Borg versus McIntyre. I love that movie. It's the ball was on the line! That kind of intensity <laughs> only comes once in a generation. Our generation, thank God we got Shia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright, what's your number one? Number one... Let me, uh... I can... Let me just give you a little little preview of what this movie is. Mushy, mushy. Pisquito. Oh, this is... Really I good. love dogs. Yeah. I love... I love dogs. Do you? <laughs> uh, Wes Anderson's... Uh, latest and greatest animated picture... Um, follows the is story it, Is it your favorite of... animated movie from him? You like it more than... Yeah. The, the Fox movie? More than Fantastic Mr. The Fox, Fox yes. The Fox film? Fox and the Hound? The Fox film. <laughs> Pretty sure Wes Anderson did not make The Fox and the Foxy Hound. Foxy Boxy and the two... Nope. Uh, toxies? What? Foxy Boxy and the two what? I believe I said uh, Toxy for 200. Toxies? <laughs> yeah. Hello? <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? I've broken it, dude. Uh, <laughs> um, so basically, it's set in the future yes. in a Japanese prefecture where there has been an outbreak of canine Ooh, flu. That sounds The dogs bad. are getting sick oh, no. and and shrunken down and oh. angry and aggressive. 
So they decide to do the only normal thing that you would do when you have a sick dog. Move him onto an island made of trash. <laughs> get him out of here. Trash? Get all these dogs. I... Get him out of there. Uh, one small boy uh, decides to steal a, a plane to go and rescue his dog. There's a, a lot of things to like about this. One, animation, fantastic. There are certain sequences that are insane. Uh, the sushi sequence alone yeah. uh, took like six to eight months. Is that true? And it's a minute long. Is that actually true? Yeah. Holy and shit. it went through three different animators and two of them like quit because it was driving them insane. I didn't know that. That's really fucking crazy. Um, it is. It's a sight to behold. Um, all of the shot composition, you, you have Wes Anderson in complete control. It is gorgeous from start to finish. It is one of the most Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson movies. Um, and for some people that might not be a good thing. For me, it is very much a good thing. Um, you also have some fantastic music. The soundtrack, every single track is gorgeous. Um... Alexander Duplant absolutely knocks it out of the park with it. Um, you then have, let's talk about the voice cast. You have a lot of usuals uh, to a Wes Anderson film, but so many good people. You have Jeff Goldblum as a dog that just really does like the gossip. He loves gossip. You have Bill Murray as a former high school mascot that has since lost all of his spirit, <laughs> is depressed. You have Brian Cranston as this rough uh, leader of this pack of alpha dogs, <laughs> even though that's not how packs work, but they're all alpha dogs. <laughs> Rex. Um, you have <laughs> you have Lee Schreiber playing what is probably the most gentle role he's ever played. Um, you have Francis McDormand as a translator. You have Yoko Ono as a scientist. You have Edward Norton as the voice of reason in this pack of dogs. You have Ken Watanabe as, uh, as, as uh, I don't remember who he played. You have Ken, <laughs> Ken Watanabe, Scarlett Johansson. So many people in it's this movie. It's kind of crazy. And Wes's all of them knock it out of the voices. park. Like every single time. Yeah. Cast F. Murray Abraham. Longest list. Yeah. It's insane. It is absolutely One thing I forgot to say that I really liked about this movie was the setup in the beginning of, like, the Cat Kingdom and all that. I just Mm -hmm. think it's so so cute for how, like, deep it is. Yeah. It is gorgeously crafted in every single area it can be. And I just, I fell so in love with every part of it. It just oozes with care and style and charm and quirkiness. I love it. It's my favorite. So time for my number one. Directed by Janice Metz Peterson. Starring your boy, Severe V. <laughs> I'm just joking. My number one is obviously Blind Spotting. Uh, directed, another directorial debut. De- de- debut. Uh, debut. <laughs> de- debut. Uh, from Carlos Lopez Estrada is blind spotting. It's a masterpiece. As soon as I walked out of the theater, I knew I had to see this movie again, and this was gonna be my number one, unless something just came out of nowhere and topped it. It stars David Diggs from Hamilton and Raphael Casal uh, from I don't know 
Being David. Yeah, uh, they both did poetry together <laughs> with. That's how they also know Watsky. Um, and it's just. It. There's so much about this movie that should never work. This movie, if I explained this to somebody and said, like, oh, it's about this guy on probation and he raps with his friends and he has weird, you know, night terror dreams, um, it just, like, shouldn't. It shouldn't work. But it works on every level. The ending of this movie shouldn't fucking work on any level at all. Rapping at a cop with a gun. It just, like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, it, you know? But it, it works. Yeah. Like, it's no, I so absolutely works. know. Also, what I really liked about American Animals and its, uh, its use of memory gives one of the best, it just, I say, I say it so often, one of the best scenes, though, where this guy is telling a story about what put David's character in jail and it starts off as like this like comedical way of looking at this event because from this guy's point of view it was hilarious where David is a bouncer at a bar and this guy takes out uh, a drink but he can't take drinks out so he tells me he's got to take it back in and then he ends up beating the guy and the guy starts on fire and at the end of the story it goes from a comedy story to an absolute horror picture because it switches perspective to David's ex-girlfriend and it's just it's one of the best uses yeah of a flashback also the raps in this I fucking love them uh watching you know David Diggs and Raphael clean out a house of a family that moved out because the changing uh uh class yeah gentrification of, of it's the, just, the neighborhood it's of so Oakland, beautiful yeah. it's it's sad it's beautiful uh seeing it's so how many times are you gonna call it beautiful david uh, jesus also just like watching that final <laughs> showdown between david and Raphael, it's just like it's so hard and it's so good the scene with the gun the little kid in this movie everything everything it's perfect it's my favorite movie it's the best movie also I don't know if blind spotting was ever actually like a term before this movie. I had never heard it before. But if it was actually created from this movie, that's fucking awesome. Like, did did, did you ever hear it before? <laughs> and I think it's such like a interesting no, no, term I had not. to use, and it's such a perfect title because before this movie came out, I was like, are they trying to like make a joke about it? like train spotting? Like, is that what they're playing on? It's not at all. Um. <laughs> And it's just, it's such an interesting, like, it's such an interesting look at, like, friendship and, like, how friendships change over time. But, like, it's just, it's beautiful. David, it's been a great year. It has been. There's been so um, many good movies. Let's let's take a look at how we ranked for our movies. Uh, I only had seven of the same for your top 15. So you were right. I was right. Uh, for total of movies you saw, I've seen 47% of them. How can you do you want to pull up my list and see where you're at? Yeah, give me uh, okay, uh, 50%. Wow, a solid 50, <laughs> flat 50. That's crazy. Um, hey guys, what movies did you did you really like this year? Let us know. Send us an email at featurecasequestions.gmail. <laughs> dot gmail at gmail.com at, at gmail.com. <laughs> Holy shit, <laughs> check us, check out our website. Uh, we're gonna have another episode coming out soon. Yeah. About 2019. What up? Uh, we're gonna try and do one episode at least a month. Occasionally we'll have extra special stuff. Or occasionally we'll miss a month. 
and because we're fickle and we're terrible podcasters <laughs> and people. What? No. Um. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um. You can also follow us we on hope Twitter, you guys, and you can yeah. like our Facebook page. Um, Check out our letterbox list. You can see every single film we saw and how we rated it. I'm slowly making my way and actually writing a written review through all of them. But goddamn, that's a lot. Yeah. So, is your what's your profile name on feature or on letterbox? Yes. It's just yes. <laughs> y e with two s's because he's cool. Um. Um. Uh, it's tiny wizard. With no letters. Well, no letters. It's hold a on. tiny wizard, but no vowels. If you just hit the little magnifying glass <laughs> and then search nothing, you'll find them. Um, it's really weird. T N Y W Z R D. So exactly how you would say tiny wizard. Uh, mine is yep. D Getty. David, I really gotta okay. go. I gotta pee so bad. I've been having to pee since I started watching movies on January first, twenty eighteen. <laughs> Alrighty. I've been holding it in so long. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes. You gotta wear a diaper, okay? <laughs> Prepare yourself. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you hearing us more. <laughs>